Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a special Tuesday installment of our program. Our Tuesdays, as always, are brought to you by the Nimnik family of dealerships. Nimnik Chevrolet. They are on Cassett Avenue. Nimnik Buick GMC, located on Phillips Highway. So much to do. We are live from the NFL Combine. Hodges Mazda brings us here among some, so many other sponsors. We t- certainly appreciate everybody being so involved in our trip here. We'll tell you all about them. And thanks to all the folks that have made this trip possible. Man, what a good day this is today. Live at, uh, at here in Indianapolis. Gorgeous day here. Packed at the uh, Combine. As crowded as I've ever seen this. I've, I, I've told this story before. Many times we always go to those SEC, ACC media days. There are usually probably 35 to 40 live radio stations there. There is that here. Now, a lot of them are the team broadcast like the digital operation, just like Jaguars.com, who was here, among many others. So there's a lot of those folks that are here from their teams, but there's also probably about 25 radio stations here as well. So we are glad to be here and excited to have you with us uh, on this edition of the program. Hayes and Lauren will be along in just a few moments, uh, but we are going to start the show in just a few minutes by talking to the principals here. Doug Peterson was here. He's going to be by. Uh, Trent Balky is going to be by. Uh, boy, those guys are the stars of the media here. So we are excited about uh, being here at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis. Uh, Andrew Gibson making it all happen back at World Headquarters. Gibby, we got you for about two hours today. Is that the plan? That's the plan. Uh, headed over to JU because the sixth-ranked Florida Gators baseball yeah. team's in town. Jack Tani, you're going to get to see Jack Tani tonight. So, Jack so Tani, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of storylines here, though, so we're, I'm going I'm to go very quickly here because I want you to hear from the coach. Doug Peterson is going to stop by in just a bit. But I want you to hear some of the comments from Doug, some of the comments from uh, Trent Balky, and then many, many others. Let me set the scene for you, though, in just a bit. We are going to hear from Matt Taylor, the play-by-play voice of the Colts. You're going to hear from Mark Vandermeer, the play-by-play voice of the, of the Texans. Mike Keith, of course, the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Titans. And then you're also going to hear us all do something together, which we always talked about doing and never done before, so sort of a roundtable. So all that coming up on our trip here. Pete Prisco will stop by. Johnny O will stop by. J.P. Shadrick's going to stop by. So we got a lot of uh, a lot of folks that you know. Uh, we're waiting or hoping to get Ian Rappaport to come by. Albert Breer just walked by. So a lot of the key, key NFL people that cover this league and know this league so very well are going to be here. We're excited about all of that coming up. Let me tell you this, though. I said this to to Matt and Joe in the handoff a minute ago. I've been to this thing a bunch. When you go to the one of these media days, the ACC or the SEC media days, even the Super Bowl, we just haven't had that experience very much with this team. When your team's the good team, it feels different. Even though you're just a media guy, you're just a media guy or a broadcaster who calls the games or covers the team, it feels different. This one feels different than any that I have been to. And, I'm, and, I, mean, and I mean sincerely now. This one feels different than any I have been to, and it feels pretty special here, and you can sense that buzz. Now, with that buzz comes some pressure. With that buzz, all of a sudden you're the team, not just a team that just won the South, but a team that's, again, expected to once again win the South. I mean, that, that again, that stuff's real, but you certainly can feel it here. So we're going to talk about that coming up in the program today. Also, it's amazing how many players from various teams are here. I'm going to give you a list that might surprise you a little bit with some of our area teams. We'll talk about that. The All the buzz here is quarterbacks. Now, look, quarterbacks are always the buzz anywhere, right? I mean, if you're a quarterback, you're going to be the buzz. But all the quarterbacks changing teams, I think there's real belief now that Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Packers. That This is the first time that I've seen that, heard that, been around that. It's the first time now I'm starting to believe 
that Aaron Rodgers might not be there. Carson Wentz released yesterday. Marcus Mariota released. All of a sudden, Sam Howell and Kyle Trask are starting quarterbacks in the league. There is so much talk about quarterbacks and guys who are going to land somewhere, but you don't know where. Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so much of that going on. So a lot of quarterback talk here, uh, as always. We'll visit with some media men, members, and we'll hear from the principal. So that's going to be the setup for today. We'll get to some other stuff that aren't necessarily NFL things. But we're here to talk NFL from the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll be here on our program today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, and Lauren Brooks. We're certainly excited about that. So I'm going to take an early break because I want you to hear from the coach. He's about to stop by here. Doug Peterson. Uh, man, oh, man, has he enjoyed making the rounds around here. I'm going to talk about everything with Doug, what last year was like, why it was so good, how that culture was so good. What what are the pressures now? Uh, there's a lot to talk about with the uh, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars who in one year took his team to the championship of the AFC South into the final eight of the NFL. So Doug Peterson, the head Jaguar, joins me after this on 1010XL and on 92.5 FM. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and the law office of Stephen Doty on 1010XL. All right, back at the NFL Scouting Combine. Frank Frangie now joined by the head coach, Doug Peterson, who joins us here. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Is it, this has been like the media tour day today, right? Is that yeah. What yeah, this is, uh, this is the day we get all the media stops done. And, and uh, it's you know, it's exciting because it's kind of the – you know, even though I go to the league meetings here in, in about another couple of weeks, you know, the end of March, and, and that kind of kicks off the 23 yeah. season. This, this to me, kind of kicks off the, the 23 season. All the teams are here, uh, you know, for the scouting combine, and uh, it's exciting to see people. Doug, did you get a chance when it was over? How does it work to get you exhale? I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was a, for all of us, it was a crazy yeah. year. I mean, did, did you get a chance to do that at all? I did. I did. I, I gave the coaches a couple of weeks, um, you know, between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, uh, those two weeks there, I gave gave everybody uh, some time off to be out of the building and just, just relax and recover. It was a long season. Yeah. Go all the way back to the Hall of Fame, right. you know, game. We started early um, with training camp and, you know, we go to the divisional round of the postseason. So it was good to exhale a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of recharge again for uh, making another push. Yeah, I told you this privately when we talked, so I'm going to say it publicly now. I've never seen culture change as much as you change it in one year. And I mean that sincerely. You know I do. We've had this talk. Right. But but I, but it's it's pretty amazing how good that locker room was. And I think that really helped you down the stretch through some adversity. How did you change it like that? You know, I give a lot of credit to the players. Um, they have to buy into to what I'm selling, so yeah. to speak. And, and um, you know, I think I think for me it's, it's just about being – you know, I learned this from Coach Reed. I spent so much time with him, not only as a player, but as an assistant coach and coordinator with him. Just be you. Be be Doug Peterson. Be transparent. Be authentic. Be real. You know, build relationships with your team, with your players, um, and 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 just show them that you're, you're a human being, right? And, yeah. and and you're not you're not on this pedestal looking down on people. You want to get in there and work, and you want to solve problems, and you want to you want to fix things. And I think that's what the team and the guys saw. You know, for me, so I think, I think that becomes easy to kind of buy into to what I was what I was bringing, and and uh, they could trust me, right? And and uh, that's that's the key to everything with an organization, you know, an NFL team. We got so many people and so many uh, coaches and 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 uh, you know people that kind of at your disposal that you know trust is a trust is a big thing, and and our guys were able to do that. Yeah, players are smart. People people can see authentic, can't they? I mean, they, they sure can. They can. I, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Um, and to that end, watching the moves so far, uh, extending Roy, 
reworking foyer, bringing Jamichael back. It's kind of keeping the band together, isn't it? I mean, that's 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 what it looks like. It is, and throwing Christian and Zay, yeah, you know, on right. those restructures and stuff, and and that's what it takes. It takes the sacrifice, and when the players see the type of team that we can become, we're not there yet, but what we can become, and they sacrifice a little bit of of themselves for the for the betterment of the team. That's that's a sign of of, of true leadership, right? And and so that's really exciting to see that our guys are willing to uh, restructure, free up some money uh, to where we can go keep Evan, you know, and, and keep keep JT and, and and at least make a make a strong push and effort to keep as many of our free agents as we can. Doug Peterson with us here at the uh, scouting combine. When did the light go on for Trevor? Was it after London? Was it so- something happened? I, I think so. I think I think we, we've 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 talked a lot a lot about this. And I think. I think that was the game that he understood in order for us to have success, he needs to play better. And, and, and it wasn't, you know, the, I, had a, I pulled him in. We had a, he and I had a conversation, and I, I just gave him the confidence, like, don't worry about making mistakes. You're our guy. We'll coach you through the mistakes. Just go out there and be you, you know, and, and, and cut the ball loose and, and trust your instincts. Trust the guys around you, you know, and, and – uh, I think that's the game that he realized that maybe he was holding back just a little bit. Uh, but since that point, man, he was he was going after it and cutting it loose and trusting his guys. And, you know, you saw the overtime win in Baltimore. You saw the Cowboys the next week. You saw, you know, four touchdowns of the Chargers, you know, playoff game. And all those things, you know, the, division, the, the, the AFC South title game. I mean, I, those are – that's the that's the quarterback that, that – that, we know we have, and he can only get better from there. Doug, the two names that people talk about are Evan Ingram and Juwan Taylor, Arden Key too, I suppose, Yeah, Arden that, Key. Are, that are out there. Those are three important guys. When we talk about keeping the band together, trying hard to keep those guys, I would imagine? It, it's hard. Free agency is hard every year, and, and, and I don't fault the players. You know, players are trying to get as much as they can, and they should. I mean, these are good players, and, and um, they also want to be, and they've all verbally expressed they want to be in Jacksonville. They, they see what – we, we, we did. They see what we're building, um, and they want to be a part of that. And, and you know, so there's got to be some give and take, obviously, uh, during this process, and uh, hopefully they understand that because we definitely understand it. We want to sign them all if we can. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be exciting when, uh, when, when we can finally do it. Young, last year's young players, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, others, did you see them develop? Did you see them mature? Could you, could, from a coach from the sideline watching it, watching tape, did you see that start to happen with those guys? I did. I did. You know, I think it was – I don't want to say that the, the, the NFL season was overwhelming to them. I think as the season progressed, they got more comfortable uh, in what we were trying to do. I think, I think in Devin's case, he was trying to do too much. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Trayvon, we kind of figured out that he's a good player inside as well as outside. So being able to move him around and Chad's just a solid, you know, special teams player. He's a good role situational. He came in and started a couple games for us. And did a nice job there. So all these guys having a full season, you know, now under their belt, they're going to be much better as they approach, you know, the off season this year. Does Trayvon play more with his hand down? Is he still going to do both? He's do going to do both. He'll do both. I, I think he's. I, I think standing up was new to him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing that now he can he can really work on more moves. You know, but but I think putting his hand down on the ground. Uh, being in a three technique, a four eye, whatever it might be, um, is, is just utilizing his length, speed, athleticism uh, can really, you know, put pressure on guards and tackles. What are your challenges moving forward? How, where does this team need to get better? Are there are glaring areas, Doug, where you say, okay, we got to, we're so good in so many areas, we got to get better at this, this, and this. I know 
both offense and defense, we got to be better on third down. Okay. That, that was that was a glaring glaring. We didn't get off the field enough on defense, and we didn't stay on the field enough on offense and red zone. You know, red zone, offense and defense, we must be better now. We, you know, we we talked a lot about the giveaway takeaway thing, and I think we were we were okay there, but we we've got to do a better job at creating turnovers defensively, right? Uh, and then and then keeping the football, you know, especially in the red zone, not throwing the ball away or throwing the ball, in, you know, to them yeah. or fumbling the football, um, you know. And then and then too, I think I think you know, and it's nothing. I think Riley did a great job for us, Patterson, but I think there were some field goals early in the season that that he would love to have back. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that are all point. I mean, I think the first Kansas City game, yeah. you know, there were a couple kicks there. So those are all some things that we can focus on uh, and get better this offseason, um, you know, besides individually players and stuff like that, that we can we can obviously help, you know, improve their game too. Doug Peterson with us. You talk about that. We talked about that amazing culture and that great locker room. But the challenges are different this year. People expect you to be good. It, it, that's, it's different, isn't it? How, how is it different? I mean, cause I, look, I'm walking around here, man. People are buzzing about the Jaguars. I, you're walking around with a grin on your face. I mean, I mean it, 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 it's different this year, I think. It is. It is. And I want our players to feel that pressure because I think that's going to, you know, iron sharpens iron. So we feel that pressure. It's just going to it's gonna uh, draw our attention, uh, be a little more, you know, uh, pinpointed, be a little more focused, a little more driven. Um, it just goes to my points this past year that you can't substitute for the hard work and preparation, right? And that preparation starts in the off season, and and um, yeah, there's going to be a target on our back. We're the AFC South champs. Hey, there's going to be a target. Our three division opponents are going to be shooting for us, and so we have got to be our best every single week. And and I was challenging our team, you know. You've heard this phrase before: "Be at your best when your best is required." And mm-hmm. and every week we're going to need our best, you know. And we've got a great schedule coming up. We got some, we got a bunch of playoff teams on that schedule, and uh, um, you know, so so we've got our work cut out for us. Yeah, first place schedule means first place teams. You're exactly right. right about that. Exactly right. What's the next step for Trevor? Is is it a, is it a statistical thing? Is it just growth that you see? What's the next step? It's not statistical. Um, he had he had some great numbers this year. I mean, obviously we can get better in the passing game. I think I think you're going to see him get through progressions better. He's going to understand defenses better, coverages, how teams are trying to take away, you know, maybe Christian Kirk or Zay Evan, whoever it might be, and he's got to be able to get to number two or three in the progression. Um, I think I think that's where he can take another step. I think the Charger game playoff game was a, was an, a big sort of step in the direction where. You know, Coach Staley and his staff did a nice job of disguising some coverages. They gave us some false indicators uh, where our quarterback can can get better and learn from. And as a staff, we can prepare him better. So there's there's a, there's a big jump that he can um, that he can take this off season. You know, working with his guys again. And again, we're waiting on the Calvin Ridley uh, decision so we can get him in the building yeah. and get him going and see how he can impact our offense. So um, you know. We're just excited for this upcoming year. I think our guys were excited at the yeah. end of the season, looking forward to getting back in the building. When you come here, so much goes on here. There's workouts, there's interviews, there's the medical. What what do you pay attention to the most? Uh, when, when you come to the combine, what do you get out of the combine? You know, the combine, too, is you, 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 I think as coaches, as, as scouts, you, you, you listen. You listen to conversations. You listen to what people are saying. You listen to the media circuits and what team especially teams in our division what are they talking about what are their what are their needs what are their what are they focused on um and and that's a big part of it right because all the media is here and and everybody's everybody's talking but 
I think too for coaches, it's really the first time for us to lay our eyes on these on these prospects yeah. uh, as we formulate our opinions and, and really begin diving into the film and everything. So um, it's good to see everybody. You know, we're we're not we're not competitors. We're now we're we're buddies right. and friends, and um, you know you get to catch up a little bit. But uh, uh, it's fun. It kind of kicks off the year. All right, you got your off season coming up. Whatever, there's not much of an off season. For there's you not much anymore. Play, do you, do not you much play anymore. Golf yet? Are we playing golf yet? Uh, I've played like three times, right. I think, since uh, right. since the season. So you, you told me when you got the job, you were like a four point three. <laughs> not, it, anymore. not anymore. Not anymore. It's, it's, it's closer it to five. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for spending. I'm going to say this again. Congratulations. What, what, what a great you. job you did, and thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you bet. it. Thank you. Back in a moment from the combine. After this, so stay with us. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and Dome Headwear on 1010XL. Welcome back to the Combine. Glad you're with us from Indianapolis. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks here. Uh, Doug Peterson joined us a moment ago. Trent Balky coming up within the half an hour or so. Jags are good. How you doing? Doing great. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah it's good to be here. Good to be here. Got a little travel delay. There was some we weather in New York, and that delayed our our connecting flight, but you were smart enough to get on a different flight. Just want to make sure we have the coach here. We're all here. So you did it perfectly, and, yeah, we arrived, yeah, and everything are, is perfect we, now. We've arrived about the time of the show. So, while you look, you two are my first pick to open the show. I mean, you're, like, the first, my first draft picks. But since you weren't available, I did Doug. Okay. Uh, I'm. I look at him as a taxi squad I concur guy. that's probably the right move. Do you think it was? Yeah. I mean, you're not available. I mean, right. It's, it's, it's Brooks, Carline, yeah. and, and, and Peterson yeah. in that order. So. so tell us all about it. What were some yeah, of your takeaways? Did you have a pep in his step? Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, we did. He just uh, – and I do want to talk about some of the things he said. He had a pep in it. I'm telling you. And I said this with the handoff with the guys, and I said it we opened the program. We come to this a lot. I've not seen this much buzz about the Jaguars. It was not like this in 18. This is different. This is there is a there is a palpable buzz about the Jaguars because it's it's not you know it's funny and and that was a wonderful look. It was a wonderful run at seventeen. That was really fun. They they were they were one bad call away from being in the Super Bowl. And we should never dismiss how hard that is to have that season and how good that season was. And it was an and it was an awesome season. We loved having it. Um, but even the next year, we were excited. They started three and one, beat the Patriots. But there wasn't this, we've said this enough times, I'm probably beating a dead horse here, but there wasn't this widespread league-wide belief that the Jags were here. They, they just didn't exist for whatever reason. Was it Blake? Was it was it the, some of the personalities? Were and there the some, Titans were still really good. And the Titans were still good. the Texans good. at that point were still pretty good. The Texans had been winning the division, yeah. right? And they won the 4-5. So, so, yeah, so the resistance was different. You're right. Boy, boy around now, that, that's the, the story is who can catch the Jaguars, and I'm thinking, man, that happened fast, you know? This this team went from the Urban Meyer disaster to less than a year later, who can catch the Jaguars in the division. I'm not making that up. I've been walking around here all day, and that, that's kind of the feeling. I talked to a couple of people on the flight here from Charlotte who are involved with the Combine and have been involved in college football, and it was fascinating to hear their take on Urban Meyer, and certainly we don't have to rehash it, but it was that might have been the worst thing that ever happened to the Jaguars, and I can't believe they were able to turn it around so quickly because that's the thing. It went from complete and total disaster to now you have one of the best head coaches in the National Football League, and you certainly have the quarterback, and I think Hayes with the news today about more restructuring this group is going to go places. There's there's certainly nothing that, that should stop them short of injury to key players. But 
I, you know, the, the difference is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he, yeah, people fully believe in him now, I think. And, you know, I think when you, you look at what this offense can be with Trevor and the pieces that they'll have returning, uh, defensively, they've got a lot of room to grow. Um, but I have a, you know, I, I think that's where you're probably going to see the 24th pick and, and maybe even the second round pick, uh, you know, help the defense out. Uh, so, yeah, they, they certainly have a lot of growth potential, which is exciting when you consider how far they got this year and how well they played in the second half of the season. So uh, it, it, it's going to be Jacksonville's division uh, almost, I think, by default, in, unless, you know, the Titans today or, or you know, Rand Carthon met with uh, reporters and, you know, endorsed Ryan Tannehill that he's going to be a Titan. You know, so Tennessee's obviously going to try and keep it together and, and see. But that, that feels like uh, a, a train that's, that's running out of, of steam, yeah, in, that, in my opinion. That's con- that's combination. He's our leader and he's earned it, slash there's not a lot of other options. You know, that's a little bit of a combination of the two, I think. So it's I, like Jason Like being asked, is Kyle Trash your quarterback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the only quarterback yeah, we right. have. Yeah, <laughs> it, correct. The, those circumstances are different, but right. Both times they're, they're the only choice. And I'll tell you this, um, the the added restructures of Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff on the on the heels of the foyer one that was announced the other day, on the heels of extending Roy Robertson Harris and bringing back Jamichael Hasty, that's one of the things I talked to Doug about, and, and and I'll ask Trent as well. Is is look, this is they're keeping the band back together. Why wouldn't you? It's a good team with a good culture. And uh, and, I'm, and I don't think they're going to tell us who they're going, who, who else they're going to add. But it's pretty clear now. They it, it could it couldn't be any more clear that that's that's the goal is to is to take last year's team, count on it being better because all those young guys are going to be better players, and they are going to be better players, by the way. So all get all these young guys who are going to be even better players than they were last year. Sprinkle in a Calvin Ridley here, and a twenty fourth overall there. And maybe a free agent or two, right, of significance, and that's how. And and that's the that's the game you're playing. It's a great game. It is a great game. And again, the more that I look at this, uh, the more I keep coming back to the the same feeling that I mentioned a, a, a day or so ago. This is their best opportunity to win the Super Bowl, to take advantage of Trevor Lawrence' probable last year on his rookie contract, to be able to you know put all their chips into the middle and say, this is our year, we're going to be going for it, and, and they should. Um, but, but this is it. This is going to be – Trevor Lawrence will never play, in my opinion, on as good a team in terms of the number of quality players than this team. This is going to be the team. Now, he may play on teams later in his career that have more superstars – because I don't know how many superstars this team has. We'll see. They've got some potential superstars. But that read, that's a good read. But, but the, I mean, to have 24, 25 players that you can count on, that is just unheard of in the NFL. And it's where the Jaguars are. And uh, so th- this isn't just, uh, to me, the, the, the deeper we've gotten into this and seeing what the plan is and, and what they're doing, uh, I mean, we knew they'd restructure. I, I wrote that six weeks ago, but, you know, I was just thinking it'd be Kirk and Aluakon. You know, I I never dreamed they'd do Zay Jones and Sheriff, and I, um, I mean, it, it's it's 
unbelievable the amount of space that they've cleared. And again, it is such a credit to Shad Khan because these are expensive mm -hmm. checks mm -hmm. that he's writing. And there doesn't come with a press conference. It doesn't come with any sort of, you know, hey, you know, the owner gets to take a bow here because I mean, it's just it's it's just he wants to win. And and this is evidence of it. There are not not every franchise can do what the Jaguars have done and what Trent Baalke has been able to do. It's not, I mean, Trent Baalke's done a nice job, but nothing that's happened is a credit to Trent Baalke. It is a credit to Shad Khan because without the millions that he has given out uh, well ahead of schedule to these veteran players to create this cap, cap space, none of this is possible. Yeah, I think first and foremost, Shad, I'd give Trent Baalke some credit. I, I think he's done a good job. He, as much as he got beat up, I think he's done a good job. Now, it's a collective effort, and you're right. It doesn't matter if you don't have a great owner who's willing to, 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 to pay for it all, but I, I think they all deserve they all deserve credit here. I, I think Trent deserves credit. Now, I'll say this about Trent Baalke. I mean, don't forget – that dude took the beating of all beatings. I mean, the beating of all beatings. There were banners flying over the stadium. There were clown faces, and and people say, well, the clown faces weren't all about Trent. Well, there were a lot about Trent. You know, there were there were, there, were, there was a lot of there was a lot about Trent. So I mean, there was a lot of that there. So and uh, and and he just you know what he kept his head down and did his job. So. He deserves some credit. I don't think there's any question that he deserves a great deal of credit. I think he's done a, he's done a terrific job. Yeah, he certainly has. And I think now the question is what happens with Juwan Taylor? I would bet money Evan Ingram's on this team, and I would think Arden Key is back as well based off of everything that they've done. Does Juwan Taylor take a little bit less money to stay here and play for a contender? That is my biggest question. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't – and I've said this since the, since the season ended. There's no doubt in my mind Evan Ingram's on the team. It might be with a tag. It might be with a temporary tag that means tag him for the here and now and then extend him. There's no there, – I've said this all along. I'll say it again. There's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind, that he's on the team. I, I, I can tell you that definitively. What I don't know is, is Juwan Taylor on the team? Because I don't – we said this yesterday, Hayes. I don't think you can tag a guy – I don't think you want to tag a guy at $18 million. I, I don't I – don't, I don't send – my gut tells me – they're not going to tag. Logic says they wouldn't tag. Yeah, a right tackle at eighteen million dollars. I don't think so either. And again, you have an in-house option, which you normally don't have in these situations. You don't have to guess or force a draft pick. You you just put Walker Little at right tackle. So you'd love to have a deal with Jawan Taylor, but if he's uh, if he's adamant that he wants to test the market, that's certainly his right. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars should uh, franchise tag him either, and uh, and you move on. And and look, if Juwan Taylor is the biggest loss that you had in an off season, I think you've had a pretty good off season. He's a good player, uh, but I, I don't think it it it's at all crippling. Yeah. Do you think at that point they draft for depth at that position? Because I would assume, like you're saying, Walker Little becomes the starting right tackle, but you've got to have a swing tackle. Well, you draft you draft for depth at every position anyway. Yeah, I, I would think if, if you lose Juwan Taylor, you have to figure out who your swing tackle is. It could be a veteran. That's one would not surprise. You could say draft for depth, but I think this team's too good to play it, to put a third or fourth round guy in the game when you twist an ankle. I think that's one spot that if you, if you lose Juwan Taylor and you look like you're a double-digit win team who's favored to win the division, that's one spot that I don't think that's the depth. I think the depth then is – 
journeyman back, not Taylor Lewan, but but journeyman. He's not coming here anyway. Yeah, but journeyman, twenty-eight year old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I th- I think it. I think if you don't have, I think Walker Little becomes the starter, and swing tackle is a journey is a, is a veteran. That that that'd be my so I so it's my it's not my opinion that they would draft the backup. That, and we'll see, but I I would. I, I don't think drafting the backup is the play. Do you agree with that or no? I, I would rather it be a veteran, um, yeah. you know, which I, I think that they could do. They're and out it, there. And, again, this is a team that I think can be aggressive uh, before the trade deadline, and now we're jumping way ahead. But, yeah. you know, if they get six games in and they're not happy with, you know, the, the tackle play, yeah. I, you know, they could certainly make a move for fourth, fifth-round pick and, uh, and bring in a, a steady, not spectacular veteran. So – they, they've got a lot of tools uh, that, that they can implement here. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see Juwan Taylor back, but I don't think it's remotely a, a backbreaker if, uh, if he moves on. And, and, again, you know, the Jaguars will get a comp pick out of it down the road in 24. Yeah, if, if Juwan Taylor, and, again, one of the main reasons I can tell you this, one of the main reasons they want to bring him back, in addition he's a good player, and now you have a depth at the position, they want to send the message that they're they're getting guys to second contracts. That that has been a very real and legitimate criticism of them for a long time now. And I and I can tell you, I've been told specifically that's 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 one of the reasons it's a priority. I can tell you that. And so I, I think the fact that they've obviously made the effort will go a long way in the locker room, even if Juwan goes elsewhere. I agree with that. You know, particularly if he goes elsewhere point. to play left tackle. I right. mean, you know, something like that. But uh, but I I do think that they have they will have made him a deal that's probably fairly comparable to the one that he ultimately signs that, if it's somewhere else. That's a good point. The, the the next best thing to proving you're taking guys to a to a second contract is proving you're going to try like hell to get them to a second contract, even if it doesn't work out. I agree with that. I I think they could, but I know that that message is is is. They want that message to resonate. Absolutely, that as is, they should. As they should. So that's a, that's a big part of this. Um, other things uh, um, we'll talk about here. Are you getting, and, I, and I've talked to some people around, and we'll get some of the NFL folks to, to kind of join us on this. Are you surprised? Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back, is he? And now It almost now is starting to look like Jordan Love is going to be the Packers quarterback. It's amazing. It, it just It's amazing the, the run the Packers have had with Favre and Rodgers and the fact that that might be at its end. Yeah, it's uh, it's just uh, it's just incredible. And yeah, it, it it feels like that's where it's headed. And, you know, again, now it's just how good is Jordan Love? Could could Green Bay possibly get so lucky to have Jordan Love become a superstar? I mean, I don't know that any any franchise has that amount of just unbelievable luck and fortune, but we'll see. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. That's one of the things we'll talk about. We're going to talk about. Um, number of players from each team here. I, I, there's a story developing there, and we're certainly going to get to that coming up uh, as well. We're going to talk about quarterbacks working out and who is and who isn't. There's a little bit of a buzz about that too. Again, there's no rocket science to this. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are absolutely we're going to always work out here because that's when they're at their best. They're good workout guys, and that doesn't mean they won't be good quarterbacks or haven't been good quarterbacks, but – there's question about both of those guys in games. Agreed? Absolutely. There's question about both of those guys in games. So if there's been question about you in, in a game and there's no question, everyone knows you can spin it and lift it and run it in drills, why wouldn't you do that? Right. There's no pocket collapsing around them. So 
this is the ideal place to show off the skill set. And, yeah. and I'm sure Will Levis has done probably very similar to what Anthony Richardson has done. And we just know exactly what AR has been doing because of Denny. And, and uh, so we know that AR has been putting all of his efforts into becoming the most physical specimen he possibly could be. I'm sure Will Levis has been doing the same thing. And you'll see them, yeah. yes, perform off the charts. And then the draft stock will rise, even though that has nothing to do with them playing quarterback. I'll tell you this. There is a – again, I've had a chance to walk around here a lot today. There's a buzz about Anthony Richardson here. There, there, are, there are people that are scheduling – when do the quarterbacks work out? Saturday? Is it Saturday workout? Uh, yes. There are people – There. What, what is that, Gibby? Is it Saturday? Yes, Saturday. Yeah, yes, Saturday. Okay, yeah. They meet with the medium Friday. Yeah, there, there's, there's the, uh, the quarterbacks are working out Saturday. There are people scheduling their time here around watching, around watching the, the ones who can get in and see it, around watching – them do that. I mean, think about that. They're scheduling their time around watching Anthony Richardson work out, which is pretty amazing stuff. Well, that, that news must have traveled to the Georgia Bulldog contingent because as Hayes and I were walking in to get our credentials, a Georgia Bulldog player started barking at me. <laughs> so he must How about have been that? Barking so about the that. fact that AR is getting more attention than the Georgia people are. But they are. So that, so it's yeah, very, it, was, it, was, it was actually a little it's odd. A, it's a very <laughs> I looked at Lauren and I said. You got barked at. I did. Yeah, I said, uh, cross him off the list. <laughs> <laughs> they were coming down the escalator and then all of a sudden barked right at you. me. There was no one else around besides Hayes and I clearly barking what? at me. How about that? I was like, okay. I didn't say anything. He's like, she's never. I could hear him behind us. He's like, she's never seen a real dog. I was like, uh, I see you every, uh, you know, yeah. October 28th yeah, or so yeah, in yeah. Jacksonville, listen, Florida. Listen. We're, we're, we're Florida people. We get our ass beaten by that dog every year. Okay? <laughs> so, like we haven't seen, we've seen it up yeah, close. You must not have realized it was, it was from Florida. We've seen it. We've seen it up close and personal. Um, I'm interested, too, to hear um, Mark Vandermeer, the play-by-play voice of the Texans, is going to join us in about half an hour or so. I'm interested to hear. What these other, what the other three franchises, where their head is about who they are, not about who the Jags are. I'll ask that too, but about where they are. I mean, where they are. Who, where is this thing headed? You know, are they? How close to the? How far away do the Texans feel like they are? I'm curious on that. I mean, how far away? If you're the Texans, when do you expect to win? I would think they want to follow the same path as the Jaguars: draft a quarterback. Uh, see some progression this season and then next season expect to win. And I think right now the Texans have to be really glad that Deshaun Watson's not their quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, I would think 2024 is the earliest arrival. Uh, again, they've got to get it right at quarterback, but if they do, they certainly have a, a ton of other draft ammunition. They've got a lot of cap space. They've got obviously a, a really good young running back who probably should have gotten the ball more in college, but that's a, a different story. You think? <laughs> you think he should have? Is that your stance on that? He like stances. Okay, and we've stance? never really talked about it. No, no. So I, I just thought I'd throw it out there. Okay, yeah, good. I was in a good mood until then, so it <laughs> just got under my skin with that. Um, But, you know, but I here's the other thing, too. Do you look, if your other team's not just in this division, but around and go, do you go, all right, wait a minute. The damn Jaguars did it in one year. Why can't we do it in one year? I mean, Again, they were the worst team in the league, and then you blinked your eye, and they were in the final eight of the NFL. That just doesn't happen. Not the worst team in the league, and exacerbated by the fact that they were the worst team in the league two years in a row. Yet you still you blinked your eye, and and they, so if you're the Titans, you're the Texans, you're the Colts. Do you think they just did it? Why can't we now? If you think beyond that, well, by the way, the Super Bowl winning coach, he had a generational quarterback, and blah blah blah. I, I get it. Yeah. But you, you could 
you can talk yourself into believing anything. Everybody wants to believe they're going to be good, right? Right. You know, and I think the other thing with the Jaguars, too, is a lot of people believe the Urban Meyer-led team had enough talent to win six, seven games. They just were so poorly prepared uh, that it resulted in them having the first pick again. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, Houston should be optimistic because if they get their drafts correct, they've got a chance to gain ground quickly. Tennessee, it's interesting. I understand, you know, bringing back Tannehill. Uh, obviously, Henry is, is getting up there, but he still obviously can, can be a dominant player. I can see why Tennessee wants to make, you know, at least one more real run at it. Uh, I, I, think it I think it's going to result in probably somewhere around a 500 season. And then Indianapolis, I mean, who knows? Uh, that, that feels like it should be a total strip down and – build it back up but uh but again they seem like they want to they want to try and and make some moves to stay in the race now so i think that's good i i think it really helps the jaguars i mean i, I think the more the titans and colts try to be in win now mode i think helps the jaguars because houston's the only one that i think can really gain substantial ground over the next two years because the jaguars team that's the team i mean who the jaguars are today is roughly who the jaguars are going to be in the next two years, um, you know, they'll have a couple, you know, they'll add Calvin Ridley and uh, they'll, they'll add their draft class. But that's it in terms of real significance. But the problem is, if you're the other three teams in the division, is they have this franchise quarterback who's only going to get better. And they've got a pretty loaded roster in terms of in terms of competent players. Uh, they've got a pretty loaded roster. And if you know, they don't need all these guys to become superstars, but if between ETN and Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and Aluakon and Kirk and, you know, Ingram, I mean, they've got so many players, Tyson Campbell, Cisco, yeah. uh, that if, if their games rise even more, I mean, a, a great team in the NFL has about eight, eight – if you have eight really good players That's on your right. team, That's you've exactly. got a really good team. 100%. This team has the potential to have 15. Yeah. That, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you two questions, okay? Both of you. Number one, who do you think will pick first in the NFL draft, meaning who do you think the Bears will trade the pick to? And number two, who do you think will be the first pick in the NFL draft? Give me, give me, give me a team and a, just a guess, a team and a player. I'll say the Colts jump from four to one and take Bryce Young. I'll say the Texans jump from two to one and take Bryce Young. Okay, I'll say I will say it's the Colts, and I say they take C.J. Stroud. That's my, I, uh, I think C.J. Stroud for whatever reason isn't talked about much. It seems that way. He might be the first. I think he's a really good player. I, I Everybody knows Bryce Young's really good but really small. Everybody knows Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, particularly Richardson, have great traits but, but, but weren't great players. What do people think about Stroud? I think he, they think he's the second-best quarterback in the draft, and he almost beat Georgia. I, I, think, I think he's viewed as a very good prospect. Um, not as savvy and instinctual as Bryce Young, um, and not the physical marvel that Levis and Richardson are. But Which he's, leaves but he's him a, in no man's land. But he's a safer prospect. Yeah. I mean, than those two, I think. Uh, you know, in in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, will he at least be able to give you steady play? How much does the Ohio State thing hurt him? It seems like teams have it, that, that that's more of a of a fan thing. I, I don't think it it hurts them. I mean. Dwayne Haskins obviously had, you know, I, I would say, you know, 
I, I don't think Stroud is going to be judged harshly because Dwayne Haskins didn't make it in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it, it's a fun thing. We, you know, 20 years ago, it was Florida receivers. Don't take Florida receivers. Don't take Florida receivers. And unfortunately for Florida, and no, no Florida receiver ever really reversed that. Um, but I do think these, these clubs, these general managers, don't tend to lock in on that. If a, if a college hasn't necessarily produced something, I, I think they don't hold it against a prospect if, uh, you know, if they're coming from that same school. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, um, you heard from the coach already. How about the general manager? Uh, Trent Baalke stops by. I've got a lot of questions for him and, and, and a tip of the cap to him. Uh, the GM, Trent Baalke, after this on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and the law office of Stephen Doty on 1010XL. All right, welcome back to the Combine. Frank Frangie and I with Trent Balky, the general manager of the Jaguars. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Frank. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Good to see you. I just told Doug about this. This is media day for you guys, isn't it? It's, like, <laughs> it's almost like the Super Bowl or before the season. You made your rounds, right? Well, well he's a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your team. It, it, I told him this, and I'll tell you this. Man, the culture was good with that group. Uh, the locker room was good. Uh, when you look back a little bit, do you, is that one of the things you kind of feel good about? Not, not, they're good players, or you wouldn't have gone as far as you did. It's a good group, wasn't it? It's a, it's a really good group. It's a group that uh, really grew as, and matured as the season went on. Uh, you know, they started to trust the process. They started to believe in each other, believe in, the, in, in coach and what he was, what he was uh, building. You know, so from that standpoint, we couldn't ask for for any more. I mean, they're they're not only good football players; they're really good people. Trent, I would think just watching the moves, which I love, uh, extending Roy, who had such a good year, uh, the Foyer uh, stuff, the Zay stuff, the Christian stuff, uh, even to bring back Hasty. It looks like you're trying to keep the band together, and why not, right? But that, that's what that's what it looks like. Is that a good read? Yeah, I mean. You know, for the for the past two years, we've been building this this team through free agency. Yeah. You know, and you, you got to really, you know, when you do it that way, you got to be really careful because there's only so many guys that other teams are letting go that are going to come into your organization and fit the culture you're trying to build. Uh, so that was always big, and what we look for is is culture builders. Uh, because if you want to go from a losing organization to a winning organization, culture matters, right? So looking for guys that we felt fit that that mode, that model we were looking for, not only in free agency but in the draft as well. And doing that over two different staffs was the challenging part, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we kept the, the goals the goals. And the goal was year one to be competitive. Uh, we were in some cases, we weren't in others. And year two was to get into the playoffs or make a strong push for it. And we were able to accomplish that. Uh, but... You know, we feel good about where we're at, but we got a lot of work to do to get where we want to go. The names everyone's talking about, Trenner, Evan Ingram, and Jawan, obviously, and Arden Key, um, hopefully freed up to money. I think everybody would love to see those guys back. Uh, what, 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 what are you feeling about that group? Well, we feel really good. You know, it's a, they're, those are core guys that we want to bring back to the organization. You know, we also know that we can't re-sign everybody and we can't yeah. pay everybody the max amount that yeah. they, may, they may get. Yeah. Uh, on the market you know there's got to be a balance and i believe this in every in every situation there's a win-win that there's a number that's a win-win for both sides and i think we'll find that uh, with evan we'll find that with andrew we'll find that with duan and, and arden and and uh who did i miss evan yeah, yeah right so yeah. 
you know, that's the goal is to keep as many guys together as we can to build that around that core. You know, and 2021 draft class has matured. They had a big jump from 21 to 22. Now we've got to see the same type of jump from the 22 class going into 23, yeah. right? And then we drafted another nine guys potentially here in, in uh, the end of early May or late April. You talked about the free agent and build a team with free agents. It's pretty amazing how many guys came in last year that were good players. I, I don't mean just starters. You expect them to be starters. I mean, Zay and Christian and Brandon Sheriff, I mean, they, they were good. I mean, Afoye, I mean, good players. I mean, so, but now it's got to change. You can't, you can't go get 10 good players every year, right? right? So, I mean, so your mentality has to change. Well, it does, but those guys are here. Yeah. Right, you don't have to go get them. You don't have to replace them. They're here. They're part yeah. of the organization, just like the 22, 21, yeah. 22 draft classes. They're here now. So you got a good mix of of young guys on their first contract, and you got a good mix of veteran guys on their second contracts. And that's when you when you get really good is is getting a team that's built, you know, with a good young base. You got a, a good solid group of guys that are on their second contracts with with your organization as a general manager that has assessed staffs your all or staff assessed rosters all your career you see holes you see strengths where is this one week where you got where you got to get better well frank i i tend not to want to talk about that you know because, <laughs> i get it i get it you know but we've got work to do yeah we do and and uh on both sides of the ball, yeah. and we're going to look to fortify that with the, with the off-season moves that we make, whether that's in signing our own guys back and, mm-hmm. and keeping the depth there and going into the draft with it. And a lot of what we're going to do in the draft is going to depend on what we do sure. in, in this next, you know, several weeks to a month. You know, that'll, that'll play a big part in what our draft plan is. Tell me about, and I asked Doug the same question, how you thought Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd played. It looked like to me from the broadcast booth they matured as it went on. They, 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 they learned the NFL way. What did you think? I, I think that's a good assessment. I think, again, year one is, 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 a, is a tough transition for, for players. Yeah. Uh, at most positions, there's very few positions where you come into the league and it, it just clicks. Uh, whether you're a first-round pick or the number one pick in the draft or the 300th pick in the draft, there's a, there's a maturation, there's a learning curve that goes with that. We saw that with the 21 class, like I said, with Trevor and that group. You, know, you look at the group, that group and the jump they made from year one to year two, they expect nothing different from, from Trayvon's group. You know, and I think I think you're going to see that. They're, the thing you love about all these guys is they love football. You know, there's not a one of them that doesn't like to, to get out there and grind. And that's what it takes. And, the, you know, the big thing people ask about the, the maturation of the team, what clicked, what changed. You know, we were very fortunate to be in a position where the last six, seven games of the year were playoff caliber games. Yeah, that's right. They all mattered. And why do I say that? Because they learned how they have to prepare to, to win a football game in the national football. It doesn't start, and Doug did an outstanding job, as good a job as I've ever seen done, of getting a team to understand that the, the preparation phase starts on Monday to get ready for Sunday. It doesn't start Saturday or Sunday morning. It starts on Monday. And because we got in the playoff mode after that Detroit game, every game mattered, it, it was playoff mode. And the urgency picked up. The, and the team, you saw the maturation of the team really come to fold through that process. So that, that was good to see. 
Trent Baalke with us, Jags GM. You mentioned first year. Hey, look, it's been a tough go. Two years ago was a tough go for all of us, for all of us. You guys kind of kept your head down, just kept plotting, right? Um, do you look back? Does the GM take a victory lap, or is there too much to do ahead? No, there's no victory laps. I, I've been asked that about ten times today, and, and honestly, I've always felt like this. You know, you'd rather be a small part of something great than a big part of something average. Yeah. Right? So your only goal is to, you know, get as many like-minded people in a building, right? And it starts at the top from ownership on down through the head coach to general manager. Get everybody on the same page of what you're trying to build and then go build it, all right? You, you have to have a vision to build it. You know, you just don't start putting pieces together and try to figure it out on the go. You have to have a vision. You have to have a plan. You have to collaborate to get to that plan. And I think Doug and I and, and Shad do an excellent job of collaborating at that level. And then we do that the same thing with the personnel staff and the coaching staff. We're all on the same page. We know what we're looking for, not only from a skill set perspective, but also a culture perspective. And that's the only way you can do it. When you won the South, we all saw the video of Shad in the locker room. Man, he was emotional. It was cool. What, what was it like for you to see him? Because it, it, it got me emotional a little bit. What was it like for you to see him like that? Well, it was, it was awesome because he deserves it. I mean, he is a quality man, and he's, a, he's one of the best owners, if not the best owner in, in, in all of sport. You know, he, he gives you the resources you need. And if you can't win, it's not because he's not putting the resources into it. Uh, and it was good to just have, you know, see his, the look on his face. And let's face it, you know, for me personally, as I look at what, what he went through and to stand by me and, and keep me in the position I was in, how could I not feel anything but grateful for, for, for that opportunity? I hear you. Well said. I, uh, congratulations on the year. Um, now, look, important stuff. Doug said y'all played golf one time. Does he give you shots? Does he? Because he's like, are you good? Like he's good? Like he's like really good player. No, I'm awful. <laughs> so he's got to give you shots then, no, right? No, he, he don't. He, no, he doesn't give me any shots. <laughs> he doesn't but, give me any shots. But no, he's a he's a heck of a golfer. He's he a really. Good. Well, his whole family, they all golf. They all go. They're yeah. right. They're the golfing family. Yeah. Uh, Trent, congratulations on a great year. I mean that sincerely. It was for all of us, and and I applaud all of you guys for it. Thank you. Thank back, you. Back in a moment on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and the law office of Stephen Doty on 1010XL. Uh, Mark Vandermeer will be here. Vandermeer's not big enough to stand me up, is he? I wouldn't think. You don't think? No. I mean, back Maybe when, a few years ago. Back when J.J. Watt was there and Deshaun yeah. and they were winning, he could stand me up. He can't stand me up now, can he? He did have that streak with uh, the Hurricanes when he won, like, 32 straight games. <laughs> is that what it was? Between football and what was it? Like, football <laughs> yeah. and basketball does or he, something? Does, does he know we're talking about him right I now? always think that's funny when, when he, uh, yeah. he gives us I'll, that I'll, story. Well, I, I love the streak. I want to yeah. know. I always want to figure out what the streak is. So Mark Vandermeer is here yeah. now. We not, we're I'm not late. I'm we're, not late. Not late. We're try, we, we, Hazen, I always try to remember, yeah. what was the hurricane streak? How many wins was in a row? Was it like 33? 42 wins in a row. <laughs> we love that. We, that. That's like we live for that. that Baseball, yeah. football, basketball. Because baseball was 16-0, and 0, swept okay. their way through the postseason. Right. Football won the national championship. This is 2001. Baseball won the national championship. And basketball with Perry Clark that year started out 14-0. and Now, they flamed out in the first round of the NCAA tournament ultimately, but they did start out 14-0. and So Joe Zagacki and I did 42 games in a row without a loss. And it's weird because along the way, I think it was sometime during the basketball start when I said, 
when was the last time we did a loss? We just don't <laughs> lose anymore. And after what I've been through the last three years with the Texans, I've done some losses now. Yeah. And I know you've Bro, done some losses you're preaching too, to the choir, brother. Yeah. Just let me <laughs> say that. Uh, Mark Vandermeer is the terrific play-by-play voice of the Texans. Um, tell me about the Texans. I, I think D'Amico Ryan's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, do you? Frank, this was like a cleansing of all the wounds of yeah. the past three, four years, especially all the former players who – some were taking shots at us. It was bad on Twitter and everything. It was really negative. And, look, the team's not winning. Some unpopular decisions. A lot of this you get. You understand. Everyone's frustrated. Fans are incredibly frustrated. And you go through what you went through these last three years, and then all of a sudden you hire D'Amico Ryans, and it's just this, this whiteout of all the bad things that have happened. The former players come back. Uh, and more importantly, you've hired a terrific head coaching prospect here, a guy who, look, two years ago, he wouldn't have been ready for this job, yeah. right? Last year he interviewed for the Vikings, said, I'm not ready for a head coaching job yet. Coordinated for the second consecutive year. The 49ers originated in 1946. Never before. They've won a lot of championships. Never before have they been number one in both scoring and yardage in defense until this year. And D'Amico Ryans was the coordinator. Now they had talent and everything. He had good players to work with. But he's a phenomenal guy, phenomenal coach. He is the best player leader the Texans have ever had. I would have said this last year, three weeks ago, whenever. He, quarterbacks included, he's the guy. Best player leader I've ever seen for the Houston Texans. Mark, is it your opinion that the Houston quarterback next year will either be Bryce Young or, or C.J. Stroud? I would say, well, that's a, you know, it's, it's never been phrased to me that way. <laughs> I would think there's room for other people to get in there. I, this is just me talking, not Nick Casario or the organization, because often you have to expect the unexpected with these things, right? We all have our opinions of these quarterbacks, but I think what happens in the rooms is often very different, right? You have the media and you have the draft pundits, but you don't really know what they're saying in the draft rooms at this time of year about these quarterbacks. And I think Bryce Young, we just were talking to Greg Cosell this week, and he said, look, Bryce Young can step in and run an NFL offense tomorrow. He's that bright. Uh, the offense they ran at Alabama, Bill O'Brien coaching. And, you know, I know Texans fans kind of eye roll with Bill yeah. O'Brien, but the offense is complicated. It is. And that's why some of the Bama fans were frustrated because it doesn't always work. It's like a, a very temperamental sports car. The, you know, the Bill O'Brien Patriot-type offense, you know, it's so good, it doesn't work. Right. Now, I, I'm, I'm joking now. Right. It's so good that only the greatest quarterback of all time can operate it properly. Right. But Young operated it pretty well, just not well enough to win a championship the last couple of years. So, Marcus Davis Mills, the backup, and that's that? That's a great question, too. Uh, D'Amico, it's funny, uh, at his press conference, everyone asked about quarterback, and D'Amico answered it very well. He said, well, we have one quarterback on the roster right now, so we're definitely looking for quarterbacks. Boom. Yeah, That's it. Right, right. After what he went through with the 49ers and their quarterback situation, and I likened it to what the Texans had going in 2011 when they lost Matt Schaub, and then they're going to be fine because they have Matt Leiner. They got him as a backup. This is going to be great. And then where did he get hurt? Jacksonville yeah. at Jacksonville. And then TJ Yates comes in and fin finishes off the season, sort of a, a mini version of the Brock Purdy experience with the 49ers this year, except Yates had a tremendous turnover problem in the divisional round. So I liken it to you know that a little bit where you have to have multiple quarterbacks in order to get through any NFL season. Look around the league. It's, it's very tough. Look, Trevor Lawrence was on the injury report all the time, right? But obviously he played, but... Lawrence did not practice today. Right. And, like, the outside world thinking, is he going to go? Of course he's going to go. <laughs> uh, but Mills, 
I don't think I think I think if they start Mills opening day, it's not going to be a very popular decision. Shall we put it that way? Yeah. So I believe either they'll have him on the roster and they'll get a veteran to help you know bridge between a rookie quarterback and and the start of this season. Uh, or the rookie quarterback starts right away. I don't know if Mills is in play to start again for this team, but stranger things have happened, and I still think that he can play a whole lot better than what he showed you this year. He played pretty well 21, took a step back, which was really unexpected. I thought he was going to be a lot better. We were sitting here last year. I thought he was going to be a lot better. Just didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. How close is the roster? Let's assume you get quarterback. I'm not going to say figure it out because mm-hmm. if you get quarterback, figure it out, go to the playoffs. I get that. But it's assuming you get a pass with a quarterback. Yeah. How good is how much progress has the roster made? I think they've made some progress, Frank. I think when you look at the games they played this year, now this is going to sound like a typical NFL slant to things, but it is a fourth-quarter league. Yeah. But they were in games in the fourth quarter. I said before this past season they could be a better team, but the record might not be any better because they'll play in closer games. They, in 21, had five massive blowouts where everything went wrong, like horrible games that yeah. shouldn't happen in the NFL. Well, this past year, they really weren't blown out like that. They were overwhelmed by Tennessee one day and they had a, one or two others that were a little shaky but almost every other game they were in it in the fourth quarter with a chance to win it they were tied with the Chiefs they went to overtime they stopped Mahomes Mahomes gets the ball first and they stop Mahomes in overtime how often does that happen Buffalo right yeah. I mean we should hang a banner that says stop Mahomes in <laughs> overtime that's all we got for 2022 but they had games like that Dallas could have would have should have right at the end you know Jags uh, early on in the season, stuff like that. I thought the Jags were one of the teams that kind of overwhelmed them right. down the stretch. Yet the Texans were three, two, and one in the division. Right. How about that? Yeah, it's it's incredible. Brandon Cooks has played a lot of great football. Yeah. Is is it the end of the road for him in Houston? You think, or does he does he fit into the the new plan? All the reports heading into the trade deadline were that they were going to deal him, right? And they didn't deal him. So now you wonder what's going to happen. Is he happy now? Are they happy with him now? It's a big number. Uh, you wonder what the value is on the market. I think there are a lot of ifs there, and I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, if Even if they don't trade him, they have to get some help at receiver. Nico Collins is a compelling prospect, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I'd love to see him stay healthy because I think he could do a lot of things in this league. But they're going to get some help in the draft at receiver, and I, I expect them to sign a veteran as well. I'm not, I'm not talking about a high-priced sports center leading marquee-busting name, but it'll be somebody who can help them out. 11 picks. Do they take 11 players to add to this roster? Uh, I doubt it. I bet Nick makes deals. Nick likes to move up and down the board. He really does. And I like that about him. You know, I, I like a GM that's going to move around and, and go after the players that he wants. I mean, why not? This is this is what you want to see. And, and, and you want to see some conviction in your decision-making, in your in your selection process. He's got that. Uh, the bigger questions are, at 2-12, and 12, are those going to stick where they're at, right? Uh, I get a lot of questions about would they move up. I wouldn't expect it, but you never know. Uh, look, they had a chance to lose to the Colts and lock up the number one pick. They weren't able to do it. Weren't able to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's like, why did they win that game? They hit fourth and long twice on one right, drive. Right, yeah, it wasn't right, like, right. I mean, it was a total crapshoot. They won it. They just, they rolled a, you know, they, they rolled the number in roulette twice, you know, and went for two and won, and, uh, won the game. But I think that maybe 12 is a more likely trade-up or trade-down scenario. We'll see what they do. Mark, what's the makeup of the fan base in Houston? I mean, the Astros are great, but mm-hmm. the Texans won the division a thousand years in a row with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, 
the Rockets. I mean, well, what's the fan base? Who, who they love? Honestly, and this is just facts, all right? I've only only lived there 21 years, right? All right. Uh, but, you know, that's not forever, yeah. okay? I wasn't born there but got there as fast as I could, as they say in Texas. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I read it like this. It's a football town. There's no question. It's a, it's a Texans town. It was an Oilers town, but the Oilers ran into stadium issues right. year after year, and what happened to them happened. Texans come in, entertain the fans, uh, but unable to get over the hump, unable to get past the divisional round. I mean, look at the Jags coming into the league. And they make AFC championship games, what, two out of the first four or five yeah, years, right, right? right? I mean, phenomenal start for them. Made another one. Texans have yet to get past the divisional round. People get frustrated. You know this. You make the playoffs every year. It's great. But people get frustrated when you can't push through yeah, all the way. You set the bar. That's right. You set the bar, right? If the Texans make the playoffs this year and flame out, everyone will be excited because, right. look, we're back. Right. Back to, wait, you being frustrated? Yeah. No, you want to win the championship, of course, but it's hard to get there every year in this league. It's going to be tough for the Jags to get back. They'll sure. be the first to tell you. To win nine games is tremendously difficult, so see what you can do. But anyway, it's a Texans town. People love the Astros, and they always have, uh, because they started out as, as the Colt 45s in the 60s right. with the Astrodome and everything. Uh, and now they're the greatest team in the world. I mean, they don't lose, Frank. Right. Every right. day they play, they win. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, but I still don't think it's a baseball town. I think yeah. they love winners, and they do love baseball. Right. But there's a lot of room between loving baseball and the obsession that yeah. they have for football. And I think the Rockets, look, they've had championship pedigree as well but it's been a long time and right now they're going through an extremely difficult time and they got to draft well to get the players they need to get over the hump but it's a football town and, and those two franchises if they're being honest they'll tell you the same thing but the Astros have it going on right now they're tremendous what a great organization and a great run they're having what's it been like getting to know Damian Pierce He's so great to be around. You guys know. I mean, when you hear interviews with him, you just smile. I mean, he's just like he makes me happy. He is my happy place, you know. And, right, right, and right. he's a sharp cookie, too. You know, he he made a, a point of getting to know everybody in the organization. He knows who I am. He's like, boys, the Texans. You know, he sees me. <laughs> uh, he knows. Yeah. And uh, I just think he's the kind of player you want to build around that core of he, Jalen Petrie on defense, Derek Stingley Jr. These guys are good guys. Christian Harris, uh, when when we see John Mechie finally, I talked to John Mechie because my son is obsessed with him and his Alabama tape, and he's got a Mechie jersey, right. and Mechie made a little video for my son to wish him luck and a track meet. And he's just, Mechie's impossible not to like. When he gets on the field, he's going to be a fan favorite for sure. And I know Nick has another 11 picks, as we said, it's going to be fun to see who he brings in because I think this is the start of something potentially really special. But you need the quarterback, and you guys know that. Right. <laughs> yes, we do. We waited long enough. Uh, are Texans fans glad that Deshaun Watson's no longer their quarterback? Oh, that's another good – you're asking great questions here. <laughs> are they glad – I think, look, it would be great if it all could have worked out, right? If the marriage could have been beautiful, like if nobody cheated and nobody right, right. nobody wanted out and everybody got along, it would have been great. But it didn't work out, right? right. So I think right now they're, they're happy that he's not around, and they're happy at the capital they got for him from Cleveland. So I think some people feel like he was wronged in these civil suits and okay. – uh, some people believe that there's there's that voice out there, if you will, on social media and uh, on the talk radio lines. But there are a lot of people who just are glad to be rid of him because I think it would have been interesting had he never asked out and then the suits pop up. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? Like, I honestly, I'm just being, you know, we're on the air here. I'll be honest. I would have had a difficult time sort of defending that. 
I would have said innocent until proven guilty, but look, I do five weeks, five, five nights a week on the radio. You know, that gets uh, to be a broken record after a while. And as we were going through that whole time of trying to resolve these things, and I don't think it's resolved, right, as far as fan opinion, public opinion in Cleveland, and after they gave him all that money. See, that's what's weird. The Texans signed him to a huge deal, start of the 2020 season. He plays that season. Now he wants to be traded and wants a new deal. So it's a little strange to me, and I think a lot of the fans up there, look, they're hoping it works out, but some of them have blinders on and some of them don't like it at all. So uh, it, it's a relationship, and, uh, you know, all my interactions with him have been nothing but positive, and, you know, hopefully everything resolves itself. Final thing, uh, the division. What do you think about the division? Obviously, we had a good year. We haven't had a yeah. lot of good years. Uh, I'm not sure what the what, what the Colts are going to do at quarterback. Yeah. The Titans, it looks like Rand Carthon's committed to Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. for now. What do you think of the division? Well, you know, I was hoping that this year could be another, like, 2015-2016 AFC South where it's like yeah. just, you know, right. claw your way to the right. top somehow and win it at 9-7 and seven at the time and now 9-8, and eight, whatever. Uh, I think the Jags are setting up something special here, and it's going to be tough to beat them, just to be honest, right? Yeah. you got a lot of good players, good roster. You know, you draft early, and you draft early in every round, right? And that was put to me as well. Dave McGinnis was talking yeah. about that part of the dynamic. Yeah. And, you know, you got a lot of good players and a good quarterback and, yeah. and a good coach. When the Jaguars hired Doug Peterson, I thought, I don't like that one at all, yeah. you know, from a, an opponent standpoint. Yeah. I don't like that hire at all. Yeah. Can we go with another experimental thing, please? Okay. How about Jeff Saturday in Jacksonville? Come on. Somebody like that. Uh, no, you had to hire a proven NFL head coach. And he's one of those guys kind of like Frank Reich where you're wondering, like, why is this guy even available to Correct. hire, right? Correct. Did they We said on? that. We said that. How is, he even, how is he even available? Now, it's all working out in Philadelphia with Sirianni. Great. Yeah. But Peterson is the yeah. real deal. Yeah. And he's now in Jacksonville in the division. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Philly, for letting him go. And then the Colts let go of Reich, which I think is really weird because had the Texans hired Frank Reich, I was thinking if the Texans didn't dismiss Lovey Smith, right. bring in a guy like Frank Reich or a Cliff Kingsbury to coach the offense and set it up that way, and maybe you know that might have worked, that formula, but I'm very glad they have D'Amico Ryans, believe me. But when they let go of Reich in India, I thought, it's a little early to pull the trigger I on this. I you know, let him work it out. I know you're, you're incredibly disappointed that Matt Ryan didn't yeah. work yeah. out. But keep Reich, and maybe good things yeah. happen again because they've proven that they bounce back from bad starts. And Doug Peterson is very close to Reich and really mm-hmm. likes him, to your point. So, so Everybody your, likes Reich. Yeah, yeah. And what what is the national opinion now? That Carolina made the best hire, right. or like right. Carolina and the Texans. Yeah, and right. Sean Payton's in Denver, and that might work as well, but you get the Russell Wilson yeah. dynamic, and who knows. So, Mark Vandermeer, uh, the voice of the Texans, as Damian Pierce knows now. The voice <laughs> of the, thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Back in a moment, 10 10 Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and Dome Headwear on 1010XL. We're glad you're part of our uh, broadcast today. do want to thank our friends from Dome and Window World, the law offices of Stephen Doty, the Hastings Injury Law Firm, and, of course, uh, Hodges Mazda uh, at the Avenue is our title sponsor for this trip to the uh, Combine. We're happy to be here. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion. Lauren Brooks with you, Andrew Gibson, making it all happen back in World Headquarters. If you did not hear it, you will hear from Doug Peterson again. That comes up at 5 o'clock for our 5 o'clock on the way home crowd. We want you to hear the coach. He stopped by, and that comes up in just a bit. I do want to thank Mark Vandermeer for stopping by tomorrow. Matt Taylor, the voice of the uh, Colts, will stop by. Uh, Greg Cosell will be with us tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Kaplan, the team doctor. Bucky Brooks. 
who's uh, on our Jaguar broadcast but also does a terrific job on NFL Network. We'll be by and a whole lot more. Pete Prisco at some point in the next couple of days. So we will be jam-packed with stuff the whole time we are here. We're glad you're a part of our broadcast as well. Would you make a Vandermeer's comments? Uh, what do you think of the Texans? I think if I was buying stocks in the division, I would buy the Houston Texans stock okay. because I, I think that they're uh, I think they're going to get Bryce Young, and I or I, th- I certainly think they have a chance to get Bryce Young, uh, and I think they've got enough pieces, they've got enough ammunition, and I do like their young core. I I think they probably trade Brandon Cooks. It, it feels like he's a player that that probably won't be along for the ride, but that's okay. I mean he's a He's a good player. He's not outstanding, um, but I, I do. I like their core. I, I, you know, it was really interesting hearing Mark talk about what a great locker room that, or you know, genesis of that that they have with the young guys. We certainly feel like the Jaguars uh, have established that as well. So, yeah, I'm not buying Titan stock. I'm not buying Colt stock, but I would buy Texan stock because it's really low right now. Yeah, I think Mark Vandermeer had a lot to say that I found fascinating as far as what they're going to do moving forward and how D'Amico Ryans is going to be as a, as a head coach. I think you literally could roll dice right now as to who the quarterbacks are going to be for the three teams. I know, like you said, Ryan Carthon said that they're backing Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. You really never know that that's exactly what they're going to do. So I do think, though, we will have – at least two new quarterbacks, and but he doesn't think they're going to move up. I thought for sure the Texans would move up. I think to be, to your point about buying stock, I think Tomiko Ryan is going to be good. I, I will say this: it's going to be a. I don't know much about Shane Steichen, but but it's going to be a division of good coaches because because uh, I think Vrabel's good. I think Doug Peterson's one of the best coaches in the. By the way, I think Doug Peterson's one of the best coaches in the league. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. He's one of the. I don't know how many active coaches have a ring, but he's one of them. How many active coaches have he, he's got to be in the in the top quadrant, he if is. not higher. I mean, you know, just again, he's won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia and he got the Jaguars to a divisional title in, right. a, in the divisional round. So uh, that's pretty eclectic uh, brilliance. And so, yeah, I, I think Doug Peterson have to be minimum top eight, if not, you know, pushing top six. And he won AFC coach of the year just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's 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 a he's a really good coach. Um. But, but I think D'Amico Ryan, I think there's some Mike Tomlin to him. I think there's a toughness to him. There's a, I'm not saying he's good as Belichick, but he's like a young, he, he's, there's a, there was a toughness to Belichick when he was young. There's a, there's, 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 they're defensive guys. There's, there's a little bit, Saban's like that a little bit when he was starting out as a coach. Tomlin when he was starting out as a coach. Belichick. There's a toughness to guy. I think, I think that's his personality. I, I don't know. Who knows if he'd be a good coach. Yeah. But I think he's that. Personality-wise, he's that guy. Yeah, I think so. And and again, it's it all comes down to players. And Houston's in a in a great position to add a bunch of talent uh, at two and twelve. Uh, I think Stingley is going to be a elite player. We've talked about Damian Pierce. I mean, to get a player in the fourth round, that's probably going to run for, I would guess, four thousand yards in the next three seasons. Right. You know, somewhere right. in there, thirteen hundred yards, maybe a fourteen hundred yard in there. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think they've got a lot of talent. Uh, they've they've got a lot of holes to fill. But to me, they're not going to hit on all these picks. But let's say of the thirteen, they end up drafting ten. Stands to reason, probably at least five of them are going to be good to outstanding, and that's going to make them, a, you know, a, a tough out. You know, I, again, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't trade 
my position. You know, the Jaguars have head and shoulders, the most enviable position in the division. But I think Houston is going to quickly gain ground on Tennessee and Indianapolis, particularly if they get the quarterback right. I think it's fascinating to figure out what they're going to do with that 12th pick. So obviously they have the two picks in the first round. They pick second, which we'll see if they stay at number two, and then they pick 12th. They could go in so many directions, or they could certainly use that as capital. That part to me is going to be really interesting. If I was them, I'd probably trade, or I mean, I, I would stay there, and I would probably pick like a wide receiver like Mark was saying. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll assess all the teams after the broadcasters come on because they're all going to stop by here. But the, but the whole thing is just kind of interesting to me that – there's, I don't think there's bad teams. I think there's uncertainty. They may become bad teams. There's uncertainty. You're never going to see me count out the Titans. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill's just okay. Uh, Derrick Henry's not as young as he once used to be, once was. But I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to count them out, so we'll see. Let me give you a stat, by the way. We're talking combine stuff. Georgia's got 12 players here. Okay, So it means they're going to lose the 12 that are here plus the three or four others that are get drafted or not here, or, or, and they're going to win the national title again next year. That's how they've recruited. Here's one thing that's surprising. FSU had one player here, Jamie Robinson, a defensive back. Miami had two, Will Mallory, the Jacksonville kid, the tight end, and Tyreek Stevenson, a defensive back. How many Florida had? Nine. Nine players. Yep. That's a concern. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's a weird, it's a weird, it's weird. It, it is weird, but I would say this: two of those players are obviously going to be probably first round players, Richardson and Torrance. Uh, Dexter, we'll see. Dexter has a chance; probably will go in in the top fifty. Four through nine. Yeah, I agree. That those could be Brian six, Shorter, seven. Justin Shorter. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I mean, so I, I would say just, that it is a high number considering it's a high number for a team that a losing record. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's a team with a losing I, record. But again, half their games were against teams that finished in the top twenty. I agree. It's just it's it's going to be hard in a coach's first year. Yeah. Uh, to to put up a nine and three season. Yeah, and when I'm, half your schedule is against. Teams in the top 20. And I'm not saying shame on them. How dare they have yeah. that happen? I was just – they have nine guys here. Florida State's yeah. got one, and Florida State beat them and well, is projected to beat them again. I mean, Florida I just, State could have had several could have. had they not come out. Yeah, you're had, right. Had they not yeah. stayed in the Yeah, I agree. Out. I agree. But, but still, it's still – Oh, well, Florida State, yeah, clearly is ahead of Florida by a, yeah, a, a I, mile I, right I, now. But, I mean, I, I think it's uh, – you know, I, I, th I think it's, again – Richardson's going to go in the first round, but he didn't give you that kind of a season. No, I agree. Well, um, well, that's well. By the way, that's the case with all of them, other than Torrance. That's the case right. with all of them. Maybe Dexter. Dexter, but, it's but, hard because he probably was, you know, really getting and, yeah. uh, all the attention. But Ventrell Miller, I thought had a pretty good season when he was healthy. Yeah, and obviously yeah. played through You're right. a foot injury. Healthy Ventrell Miller, but it just seems like a. That seems like a lot of draft. I know it's a hard schedule and, and Richardson and new coach, but that's a lot of draft picks for a team with a losing record. Not, I mean, I say draft picks. A lot of combine guys. I mean, there, there's, there's more combine guys that are going to be draft picks, but, but still. I mean, shorter missed games. Yeah. Uh, and it was just okay. Yeah. I mean, Trey Dean's on this list. Rashad Torrance is on this list. Yeah. There's guys. Richard I mean, Garage is on this list. They weren't great players. Yeah, I mean. I don't uh, know that they get drafted. Well, and again, this comes down to how many players do they have here? I mean, it's. it's 319. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's insane. So, obviously, 
you know, there's there's going to be then there's only what 270 picks, and we'll see when the comp picks are announced. What the right. but wasn't Brock Purdy right around there last right, year, right. and he was Mr. Irrelevant. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I it would be more concerning to me if of the nine seven were going to go in the top three rounds, yeah, and yeah. it was like what happened. And you'd here? like to think if that but, happened, they wouldn't have yeah, had a losing record, right? Because that'd be their seven yeah. do dominant players. But I mean, again. Richardson's getting drafted solely on traits. Right. No one, no general manager is going to get up there and def and talk about any sort of consistent play that he had uh, for Florida. So, uh, you know, I, and and again, I, I think when you talk about the defensive backs, I, I think it's going to be addition by subtraction, and and that's you know those those Torrance and Dean seem like you know good kids and you know tried their best, but I, I think the the secondary group that Napier brought in this year from an athleticism standpoint, uh, is going to completely uh, eclipse them and eclipse them very quickly. Yeah, I think FSU, if everybody had come out that ended up returning, would have at least six players that would be combine prospects at least? Uh, sure. Um, Travis yeah, would I be could, here. Verse yeah. would be here. Johnny Wilson uh, would be Lovett here. Lovett would be here. Yep, yep. Wilson. Wilson would be yep. here. Yeah, you're right. You, you, so, yeah, there's a lot of guys. They're, they're, as, far as, as far as being a – you're right, at least that many if you talk about combine. Yeah. You know, talk about the high draft picks. You talk about just guys that would get invited here. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. It just, it just, it just seemed like a high number. What's Stetson Bennett going to do here? How, I mean, how will he be perceived? I think it's going to be a tough week because, I mean, first off, he's got to be asked about the, you know, arrest. Right. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think it starts with that, and I don't know what his plan will be i don't know that anybody's been interested enough to ask him what his plan is going to be because uh obviously he's not going to dazzle you in this setting um you know so i i think the interviews will be really crucial for stetson bennett uh, he's got to convince uh these clubs that he's got the maturity to handle being on an nfl roster uh and and he he's called that into question with his conduct and and look i mean i'm you know, I'm certainly no angel, but, you know, I, I also, also, you know, wasn't being interviewed to play right. quarterback in the NFL. It's just it's a different different deal. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I think Stetson Bennett still has value, um, but I think he's really hurt himself. And, and I think this week will be about damage control and, and really trying to convince general managers and coaches that, you can trust me. You don't have to worry about getting a call at three in the morning because, you know, I've right. been, you know, gallivanting around sure. and, and intoxicated in public. Whatever happened, yeah. Whatever wound up happening. Um, I would bet he gets drafted somewhere between the fifth and seventh rounds. I'm would very, you well, go with that? I, I, would think, I would think he's got a chance to get drafted now because of the short quarterback success. I, I, mean, I, I mean, short quarterbacks didn't have success until the recent years. And he's uh, and, and Stetson Bennett's very athletic. He can run like hell now. I mean, we, we, I mean no one says that about him. But he'll, he'll look up and you'll have a 50-yard touchdown run did it in the playoffs. Oh, he's he's quick, yeah. And, and his 10-yard is going to be impressive, I think, as well. So, I mean, I, I, I think what I think Stetson Bennett's done is you want your backup quarterback, which is what he is, I – at least at this point, you, you don't want to hear that guy. You you you, you want C.J. Beathard. You want a guy who you know he's going to be there. You know he's going to be ready. He's a total pro. You can count on him. Uh, but he, he he's he's all about the team. He's all about supporting the starter. 
uh, and he's there if you need him. Uh, you don't want a guy that you have to worry about. Stetson Bennett should – I mean, this should not be happening at this time of his life with everything that's on the line. And he's an exception anyway because of his size. Right. So now he's an exception, and I'm going to also now draft somebody who's running around being tackled by police – you know, weeks after winning a national championship, I just – I think for a lot of general managers, it's going to be like, look, yeah, I kind of like his game, but, I, you know, there's other quarterbacks. That, I mean, you take Jake Hayner. You know, I, 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 to me, he's going to fall now down the list of guys that are probably a little safer and, uh, you know, and probably a little, more, you know, reliable. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'll take a break. When we come back, I want you to hear the interview we had earlier with Doug Peterson. Uh, Doug was making his rounds, as was Trent Baalke. You'll hear from both of those guys. The head Jaguar up next after this from the Combine on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and the law office of Stephen Doty on 1010XL. All right, back at the NFL Scouting Combine, Frank Frangie now joined by the head coach, Doug Peterson, who joins us here. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Is it, this has been like the media tour day today, right? Is that yeah. What yeah, this is, uh, this is the day we get all the media stops done. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's exciting because it's kind of the, you know, even though I go to the league meetings here in, in about another couple of weeks, you know, the end of March, and, and that kind of kicks off the 23 yeah. season. This, this to me, kind of kicks off the, the 23 season. All the teams are here, uh, you know, for the scouting combine, and uh, it's exciting to see people. Doug, did you get a chance when it was over? How does it work to get you – Exhale. I mean, it was. It was <laughs> I mean, it was a, for all of us. It was a crazy yeah. year. I mean, did, did you get a chance to do that at all? I did. I did. I, I gave the coaches a couple of weeks. Um, you know, between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, uh, those two weeks there, I gave gave everybody uh, some time off to be out of the building and just just relax and recover. It was a long season. Yeah. Go all the way back to the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, game. We started early um, with training camp and. You know, we go to the divisional round of the postseason. So it was good to exhale a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of recharge again for uh, making another push. Yeah, I told you this privately when we talked, so I'm going to say it publicly now. I've never seen culture change as much as you change it in one year. And I mean that sincerely. You know I do. We've had this talk. Right. But but I, but it's it's pretty amazing how good that locker room was, and I think that really helped you down the stretch through some adversity. How did you change it like that? You know, I give a lot of credit to the players. Um, they have to buy into to what I'm selling, so yeah. to speak. And and um, you know, I think I think for me, it's it's just about being. Uh, you know, I learned this from Coach Reed. I spent so much time with him, not only as a player, but as an assistant coach and coordinator with him. Just be you. Be be Doug Peterson. Be transparent. Be authentic. Be real. You know, build relationships with your team, with your players. Um, and 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 just show them that you're, you're a human being, right? And, yeah. and and you're not you're not on this pedestal looking down on people. You want to get in there and work, and you want to solve problems, and you want to you want to fix things. And I think that's what the team and the guys saw, you know, from me. So I think I think that becomes easy to kind of buy into to what I was what I was bringing, and and uh, they could trust me, right? And and uh, that's that's the key to everything with an organization, you know, an NFL team. We got so many people and so many. Uh, coaches and and, and, and uh, you know people that kind of at your disposal that you know trust is a trust is a big thing and and our guys were able to do that. Yeah, players are smart. People people can see authentic, can't they? I mean, they, they sure can. They, they can. I, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Um, and to that end, watching the moves so far, uh, extending Roy, reworking Foyer, bringing Jamichael back, 
It's kind of keeping the band together, isn't it? I mean, that, that's that's what it looks like. It is, and throwing Christian and Zay, yeah, you know, on right. those restructures and stuff, and and that's what it takes. It takes the sacrifice, and when the players see the type of team that we can become, we're not there yet, but what we can become, and they sacrifice a little bit of of themselves for the for the betterment of the team. That's that's a sign of of, of true leadership, right? And and so that's really exciting to see that our guys are willing to uh, restructure, free up some money uh, to where we can go keep Evan, you know, and and keep keep JT and, and and at least make a make a strong push and effort to keep as many of our free agents as we can. Doug Peterson with us here at the uh, scouting combine. When did the light go on for Trevor? Was it after London? Was it so- something happened? I, I think so. I think I think we, we've 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 talked a lot a lot about this. And I think I think that was the game that he understood. In order for us to have success, he needs to play better. And in and it wasn't, you know, the, I had a I pulled him in. We had a he and I had a conversation. And I I just gave him the confidence, like, don't worry about making mistakes. You're our guy. We'll coach you through the mistakes. Just go out there and be you. You know, and, and, and cut the ball loose and, and trust your instincts. Trust the guys around you. You know, and, and uh, I think that's the game that he realized that maybe he was holding back just a little bit. Uh, but since that point, man, he was he was going after it and cutting it loose and trusting his guys. And, you know, you saw the overtime win in Baltimore. You saw the Cowboys the next week. You saw, you know, four touchdowns of the Chargers, you know, playoff game and all those things. You know the division, the, the, the AFC South title game. I mean, I, those are that's the that's the quarterback that 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 we know we have, and he can only get better from there. Doug, the two names that people talk about are Evan Ingram and Juwan Taylor, Arden Key too, I suppose. Yeah, Arden that Key are, that are out there. Those are three important guys. When we talk about keeping the band together, trying hard to keep those guys, I would imagine it, it's hard. Free agency is hard every year, and 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 I don't fault the players. You know, players are trying to get as much as they can, and they should. I mean, these are good players, and. And um, they also want to be, and they've all verbally expressed they want to be in Jacksonville. They they see what we 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 did. They see what we're building, um, and they want to be a part of that. And and you know, so there's got to be some give and take, obviously, uh, during this process. And uh, hopefully, they understand that because we definitely understand it. We want to sign them all if we can. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it'll be exciting when uh, when when we can finally do it. Young last year's young players, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, others. Did you see them? Developed? Did you see them mature? Could you, could, from a coach from the sideline watching it, watching tape, did you see that start to happen with those guys? I did. I did. You know, I think it was. I don't want to say that the the that the NFL season was overwhelming to them. I think as the season progressed, they got more comfortable uh, in what we were trying to do. I think. I think in Devin's case, he was trying to do too much. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Trayvon. We kind of figured out that he's a good player inside as well as outside. So being able to move him around and Chad's just a solid. You know, special teams player. He's a good role situational. He came in and started a couple games for us and did a nice job there. So all these guys having a full season, you know, now under their belt, they're going to be much better as they approach, you know, the offseason this year. Does Trayvon play more with his hand down? Is he still going to do both? He's going to do both. He'll do both. I I think he's – I think standing up was new to him. Um, You know, it's one thing that now he can – he can really work on more moves, you know. But but I think putting his hand down on the ground, uh, being in a three technique, a four eye, whatever it might be, um, is, is just utilizing his length, speed, athleticism, uh, can really, you know, put pressure on guards and tackles. What are your challenges moving forward? How, where does this team need to get better? Are there are glaring areas, Doug. Where you say, okay, we got we're so good in so many areas, we got to get better at this, this, and this. I know both offense and defense. We got to be better on third down. 
Okay. That, that was that was a glaring glaring. We didn't get off the field enough on defense, and we didn't stay on the field enough on offense and red zone. You know, red zone, offense and defense. We must be better now. You know, we we talked a lot about the giveaway takeaway thing, and I think we were we were okay there. But we we've got to do a better job at creating turnovers defensively, right? Uh, and then and then keeping the football. You know, especially in the red zone not throwing the ball away or throwing the ball in, you know, to them yeah. or fumbling the football. Um, you know, and then, and then too, I think, I think, you know, and it's nothing, I think Riley did a great job for us, Patterson, but I think there were some field goals early in the season that, that he would love to have back mm-hmm. um, that, that are all point. I mean, I think the first Kansas city game, yeah. you know, there were a couple kicks there. So those are all some things that we can focus on uh, and get better this off season. Um, you know, besides individually players and stuff like that, that we can we can obviously help you know improve their game too. Doug Peterson with us. You talk about that. We talked about that amazing culture in that great locker room, but the challenges are different this year. People expect you to be good. It, it, that's it's different, isn't it? How, how is it different? I mean, cause I, look, I'm walking around here, man. People are buzzing about the Jaguars. I, you're walking around with a grin on your face. I mean, I mean, it's it, 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 it's different this year. I think it is. It is, and I want our players to feel that pressure because I think that's going to you know. Iron sharpens iron. So we feel that pressure. It's just gonna, it's gonna uh, draw our attention, uh, be a little more, you know, uh, pinpointed, be a little more focused, a little more driven. Um, it, it just goes to my points this past year that you can't substitute for the hard work and preparation, right? And that preparation starts in the off season. And and um, yeah, there's gonna be a target on our back. We're the AFC South champs. Hey. There's going to be a target. Our three division opponents are going to be shooting for us. And so we have got to be our best every single week. And and I was challenging our team. You know, you've heard this phrase before, be at your best when your best is required. And mm-hmm. and every week we're going to need our best, you know. And we've got a great schedule coming up. we got some – got a bunch of playoff teams on that schedule. And, uh, um, you know, so, so we've got our work cut out for us. Yeah, first place schedule means first place teams. You're exactly, exactly right, right about that. Exactly right. What's the next step for Trevor? Is, is, it a, is it a statistical thing? Is it just growth that you see? What's the next step? It's not statistical. Um, he had he had some great numbers this year. I mean, obviously we can get better in the passing game. I think I think you're going to see him get through progressions better. He's going to understand defenses better, coverages, how teams are trying to take away, you know, maybe Christian Kirk or Zay, Evan, whoever it might be, and he's got to be able to get to number two or three in the progression. Um, I think I think that's where he can take another step. I think the Charger game, playoff game, was a, was an, a big sort of step in the direction where. You know, Coach Daly and his staff did a nice job of disguising some coverages. They gave us some false indicators uh, where our quarterback can can get better and learn from. And as a staff, we can prepare him better. So there's there's a, there's a big jump that he can um, that he can take this off season. You know, working with his guys again. And again, we're waiting on the Calvin Ridley uh, decision so we can get him in the building yeah. and get him going and see how he can impact our offense. So um, you know. We're just excited for this upcoming year. I think our guys were excited at the end of the season, looking forward to getting back in the building. When you come here, so much goes on here. There's workouts, there's interviews, there's the medical. What what do you pay attention to the most? Uh, when, when you come to the combine, what do you get out of the combine? You know, the combine, too, is you, 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 I think as coaches, as, as scouts, you, you, you listen. You listen to conversations. You listen to what people are saying. You listen to the media circuits yeah. and what team especially teams in our division what are they talking about what are their what are their needs what are their what are they focused on um and, and that's a big part of it right because all the media is here and, and everybody's everybody's talking but i think too for coaches it's really the first time for us to 
lay our eyes on these on these prospects yeah. uh, as we formulate our opinions and, and really begin diving into the film and everything. So um, it's good to see everybody. You know, we're we're not we're not competitors. We're now we're we're buddies right. and friends, and um, you know you get to catch up a little bit. But uh, uh, it's fun. It kind of kicks off the year. All right, you got your off season coming up. Whatever, there's not much of an off season. For there's you not much anymore. Play, do you, do not you much play anymore. Golf yet? Are we playing golf yet? Uh, I've played like three times, right. I think, since uh, right. since the season. So you, you told me when you got the job, you were like a four point three. <laughs> not, not anymore. Not anymore. Is it going up? It's closer it to five. It's, uh, <laughs> so, hey, uh, thanks for spending. I want to say right, this Frank. again. Congratulations. What, what, what a you. great job you did, and thanks for stopping by. We appreciate. You bet. It. Thank you. Back in a moment from the combine. After this, so stay with us. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine. Brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and the law office of Stephen Doty on 1010XL. We're live at the Combine. Uh, Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks, our old pal Ryan O'Halloran stops by. Buffalo's Ryan O'Halloran, though. Well, hang on. How you doing? I'm doing good. How's, Buff- like- How's Buffalo? Well, the sun came out during the month of February. It did. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we had two of the historical blizzards. Yeah. I wasn't there for one of them, but end up spending most of Christmas week down in Sarasota. But, yeah, I mean, I was trying – I think my first one of these was February of 05 yeah. in the old convention center. Yeah. And a lot has – there wasn't a radio row. No, no, but there you guys, wasn't. But it makes too much sense not to have one. But Hazel Lauren, I walked over here like 3 o'clock. There, there was my talk Dude. show host. There was my play-by-play Dude, man. There was engineer. my engineer. I was setting it up. I was like, and I was just sweating and cussing, cussing everybody. I thought he was on the good track till he said, what does the red button do? Yeah, right, I did. I did. And, I, and by the way, I still don't know. I still don't know. I mean, I mean I, you know, so I'm sweating and I'm putting the stuff down. I'm thinking this is not how we're supposed to do it. Um, hey, um, I got a question about Buffalo. Not, not if you had wings, because that was that was going to be my question. We had this talk in the air that it's a serious question. It almost seems like Buffalo, who people thought was best team in the league through September, maybe it's because they maybe because of Cincinnati emerged and Kansas City. It's almost like they're an afterthought in the top five power poles. You notice that? Yeah, and it's sort of like. You know, like a recency bias. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the Jags not only won their playoff game, they did it on a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Where most people were watching. So the, the gravity of that win compared with the suckiness of the Bills lost to Cincinnati, yeah. they got their butt whooped. Yeah, they So did. I think that's, okay, Jacksonville placed them ahead of Buffalo. I wouldn't do that right now because yeah. I think Josh Allen is still a couple steps ahead of Trevor Lawrence in the, at this stage of development. Yeah. But I do think if you're the Jaguars, you should feel optimistic that you should control this division because I'm sure they all have plans. Yeah. Right. But, but, but Ryan, it almost seems to – forget Jacksonville. It almost seems like to me there's – in the minds of so many – Hayes, we had this talk – that there's Kansas City and Cincinnati, just the AFC. Mm-hmm. And then there's this big drop-off to Buffalo where a month earlier – People thought Buffalo might be the Super Bowl. I mean, didn't this feel that way? From you're yeah, right there. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody in the league uh, last week, and he said, "Hey, you know, I ran into Brandon being the general manager. Yeah. You know, and one thing the Bills may refer to is the is the year Peyton Manning won it in Indianapolis, which was '06. Mm-hmm. They had they went on the road in the second round, won a playoff game. Yeah. Nobody expected them to be Kansas City. I think it was right. came back home, rallied from the Patriots. So you never know when you're going to break through. If I'm the Bills, I do think my window 
it's closer to being shut than wide open after this year because this was their year. Yeah, they had they had they had it the felt Beng- like that. yeah they had the Bengals coming to their place and they had the Chiefs on a neutral field. Yeah, yeah, that's no right. excuses. What do you think about the Jaguars? Well, I think it's uh, obviously encouraging. I mean. The fact that they stopped some people down the stretch was shocking to me. I mean, I was trying to engineer Vic Fangio to Jacksonville. (laughs) I I told Vic, I said, the players, you'll love that course. (laughs) But but he decided to go to Miami. But um, I think, you know, they sort of cheated fate. I mean, they fell behind in so many games. But, you know, I watched that whole Tennessee game to win the division. Watched, fell asleep during Charger game. Sorry, gave up on that game. (laughs) And frankly, they had opportunities against Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I did not like some of the things they did in that game once Mahomes was hurt, but but you know me and Hayes have talked off air. They went, they had all this momentum after the 17 season, were unable to cash in on it. Difference being, you have number 16. Ryan, how would you rank the AFC teams? Well, I think the Chiefs were first because yeah. uh, the quarterback is first, and covering him all those years in the division mm-hmm. is a blast to watch. Um, Cincinnati second, they're just so solid all the way around, and. I think they would have uh, won the Super Bowl. Um, then I put Bills third, Jags fourth. I mean, Chargers fifth, maybe. And that's the end of the. Yeah, though that's that is. I mean, I think that I think the four teams are your top tier, which is last year's Final Four. Yeah. Now, how are these other teams? You know, for me, the Jaguars. Okay, do you have an opportunity to cash in on two more years of Trevor's rookie contract? Maybe one year, so that's how it's going to be interesting to see. The Bengals were able to do it; the Chargers weren't. I'm scarred still by all those years of Tennessee. I, I, I I'm look. Tannehill's average. Derrick Henry's almost thirty. I get it; they were wounded, but man, you got to cut the head off the snake, man. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I, 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 they, I think Vrabel's really good. I think there's a toughness to them. You think they just disappear? No, um, I, I would start over at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, do it a year earlier than maybe a year late. Yeah. Um, I, t- I think Tannehill's run its course there, and the clock is ticking on the Yuli Bulldozer because yeah. running backs don't last yeah, thir- that long. Yeah. So even even though he's defied the odds his whole life, yeah, he's still a thirty-year-old running back. Yeah, and so okay, can you can you win that way? Yeah. Do you need? You know, do you need better quarterback play? I think they do. Yeah. You know, but I like the head coach, and you know they've they've shuffled the decks a little bit with their assistant coaches. So yeah. I think they'll bounce back a little bit. What What's your plan for this week? What What's the paper doing and and things like that? And what are some things that that you're working on? Well, we we have four people here. Hayes, do you want to comment on that? <laughs> that's 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 quite an investment yeah. for a newspaper to make. I can't believe it's Sunday before. But so, uh, like, I'm writing a column today. You know, the news of the, news of the day was Leslie Frazier stepping down. Right for a year. Oh, yeah. Wow. He's gonna be, he's gonna be coaching in 2024. He's just not gonna be in Buffalo. Yeah. That's my thing. So I wrote a column for tomorrow saying Sean McDermott's easiest offseason decision: make himself the defensive play caller. That's what he's best at. That's what they need to take control of. So, But the rest of the week, here's the thing about Buffalo compared to Jacksonville. My last year with the Times Union, we had eight guys at the Combine from the local area. I don't know anybody from Buffalo. Right. It's just a different deal. So right, right, right. try and find the stories that are interesting to the Bills fans and whatnot. How much stock do you put into Josh Allen and all the turnovers that he had because of the shoulder? Well, elbow. Elbow. Yeah. Yeah. The bad ones didn't pop up after the injury. 
Maybe his he was a little bit more tentative to run, which was probably marching orders. But you know, I went through all his interceptions late in the year. There's a some of the I'd say half of them were bad decisions. Tried to fit it into a window, threw behind the guy, or then a bad luck drop pass turned to a pick. This guy, I mean, he is a nuclear weapon, and they, that's that's if you're a Bills fan, that's what's most disappointing about the way you finished the year, is you didn't give him a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. And I think I think this is going to be a soul-searching offseason for Josh. Ryan O'Halloran with his uh, Buffalo columnist now. Hey, what's what's the um, update? Might not be the right word, but aftermath and of Demar Hamlin, the effect on the league, yeah. the effect on the Bills. How did it affect the Bills? Um, and how is he? Yeah, um, start a couple of those. The state of the, the league, I think it confirmed that they had every protocol right. Okay. Uh, because they had, you know, an army ready to go to treat him on the field. Uh, the Bills, I think, the fact that he was out of, he was in the hospital, but he was communicating with them by the time they played that next game, that helped a lot. It's almost like the emotional letdown happened against Miami. Yeah. They survived. And then against Cincinnati, where the, a better team just beat them. So, right. um, you know, his status, Brandon Bean was asked about that today. This is different than an ACL or a rotator sure. cuff. There's so many specialists he has to see in conjunction with the Bills who have somebody traveling with him for each step. I would be hesitant to allow him on the field again with my team just for the fact it could happen again. Yeah. Um, if he wants to play somewhere else and take that risk. But um, I mean, the city rallied around a young player, and the GoFundMe thing was really sort of awe-inspiring. But it's going to be interesting to see if he doesn't play, what does he do? You were, you were in, excuse me, Hayes, you, you were, I guess, in Denver when the Keontae Johnson thing happened, right? Yes. You were in Denver. We all had a conversation about it, and, and I thought, I remember thinking, I don't think Flo- I don't think he ever played Florida again, mm-hmm. just because of fear of what would happen, fear in the fan base, fear in the teammates. Yeah, and, but it took forever for someone to clear him. Is that I know this is a pro sport and it, and it's a different sport, but is it? Could you see something like that? Yeah, I'll meet you on the middle on that one, Frank. I would not be surprised if he doesn't play in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because if you're the general manager of that team. What is the impact on the other guys in the on the roster? Correct, because they lived it. Now they're seeing them back out there. That was the case. You just described it more succinctly than I did. That was the case. Yeah, in Florida. and and I wouldn't think it would take. You know, this is a different deal. Yeah, but if you're the other thirty-one teams, there is there should be hesitancy because yeah. you have to think about the worst. The Bills don't need a quarterback. Have have. Has their brass tipped their hand to you at all about how they view the top four and, and how do you view the top four? Yeah, you had to read between the words a little bit with these guys. Uh, I mean, they called out their offensive line. They called out their defensive line stopping the run after the season. They called out their receivers not named Stephon Diggs. You know, they've gone defense a lot in the first round of these drafts, even with a quarterback. Um, I would trade the pick for a star on defense. I'll go. I'll zig when I zag. And – Jalen Ramsey, I'm, I'm ready to reunite, <laughs> your guy. baby. You're back with your guy. Um, he what would, a reunion. Wow. So, so. Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah. Because How about that? You could probably get him without giving up your first because they need cap relief. Yeah. And yeah. I would throw in Ed Oliver who's playing $10 million on the fifth-year option. He's not a very good player right now. Get that money off your books. But if they stay in the first round, they got to find a receiver to help Diggs. they got to find a running back. 
in the second or third round or plays Devin Singletary. I mean, these mocks have them taken a running back in the first round. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not a very good allocation of resources. What do you think when you hear Anthony Richardson comps to Josh Allen? <sighs> I mean, this is what I'll say about Anthony. Exasperation. This is what I hear. This is what I'll say about Anthony Richardson. My opinions on him have been formed by my Jacksonville tech string. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Tells me all I need to know. What is he doing? I happen to know, I happen to know everybody on that. Okay, Does so. he know we wear orange helmets? How do you like the top four quarterbacks then? Uh, I would go Stroud first. I think he's like a little bit more sturdier. Um, you know, Bryce Young would be my second guy. I mean, the Kentucky guy, when you don't play, he's the Josh Allen type question. Not very good as a senior yeah. or a junior, yeah. whatever the heck he was. So, um, any mock that I see Richardson at top ten, you know, to me, you've seen him later in the first round, yeah. Yeah. Baltimore, somebody else. That would be the only scenario. If he plays right away, he's in trouble, and everybody should be fired. I tell you this, I, I've told these guys this. I think Bryce Young's the best player, but he's tiny. Mm-hmm. I had I had Ohio State Maryland this year, so I got to see C.J. Stroud up close to personal. He's really good, and he's bigger. He's a good bit bigger. I I think Bryce Young's the best player. I would probably take C.J. Stroud just because I think he's going to be around. Yeah, and because you know one of my all time favorite coaches when I started covering the league said, "Little guys take big hits." Yeah, yeah. And all it takes is one at the quarterback spot. Stroud, the way he's built, he can run some more stuff in the run game, yeah. and you're going to be on a bad team. You're yeah. going to have to take some hits. Yeah, no question. Ryan O'Hallor, thanks for stopping by. We All right, it. enjoy the good week, to, guys. Good to see you. When we come back, uh, the comments of Trent Balky. Stay with us. Hodges Mazda presents the Frangie Show at the Combine, brought to you by Window World of Northeast Florida and the law office of Stephen Doty on 1010XL. All right, welcome back to the Combine. Frank Frangie and I with Trent Balky, the general manager of the Jaguars. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Frank. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Good to see you. I just told Doug about this. This is media day for you guys, isn't it? It's, like, it's almost like the Super Bowl or before the season. You made your rounds, right? Well, well he's a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your team. It, it, I told him this, and I'll tell you this. Man, the culture was good with that group. I, the locker room was good. Uh, when you look back a little bit, do you, is that one of the things you kind of feel good about? Not, not, they're good players, or you wouldn't have gone as far as you did. It's a good group, wasn't it? It's a, it's a really good group. It's a group that uh, really grew as, and matured as the season went on. Uh, you know, they started to trust the process. They started to believe in each other, believe in, the, in, in coach and what he was, what he was uh, building. You know, so from that standpoint, we couldn't ask for, for any more. I mean, they're, they're not only good football players, they're really good people. Trent, I would think just watching the moves, which I love, uh, extending Roy, who had such a good year, uh, the foyer uh, stuff, the Zay stuff, the Christian stuff, uh, even to bring back Hasty. It looks like you're trying to keep the band together, and why not, right? But that, that's, what, that's what it looks like. Is that a good read? Yeah, I mean – you know, for the for the past two years, we've been building this this team through free agency. Yeah. You know, and you, you got to really, you know, when you do it that way, you got to be really careful because there's only so many guys that other teams are letting go that are going to come into your organization and fit the culture you're trying to build. Uh, so that was always big, and what we look for is is culture builders. Uh, because if you want to go from a losing organization to a winning organization, culture matters, right? So looking for guys that we felt fit that that mode, that model we were looking for, not only in free agency but in the draft as well, and doing that over 
two different staffs was the challenging part, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we kept the, the goals the goals. And the goal was year one to be competitive. Uh, we were in some cases, we weren't in others. And year two was to get into the playoffs or make a strong push for it. And we were able to accomplish that. Uh, but, you know, we feel good about where we're at. But we got a lot of work to do to get where we want to go. The names everyone's talking about, Trenner, Evan Ingram, and Jawan, obviously, and Arden Key, um, hopefully freed up to money. I think everybody would love to see those guys back. Uh, what, what, what are you feeling about that group? Well, we feel really good. You know, it's a, those are core guys that we want to bring back to the organization. You know, we also know that we can't re-sign everybody and we can't yeah. pay everybody the max amount that yeah. they, may, they may get. Yeah. Uh, on the market you know there's got to be a balance and i believe this in every in every situation there's a win-win that there's a number that's a win-win for both sides and i think we'll find that uh, with evan we'll find that with andrew we'll find that with duan and and arden and and uh who did i miss evan yeah yeah, right so you know that's the goal is to keep as many guys together as we can to build that around that core you know and 2021 draft class has matured. They had a big jump from 21 to 22. Now we've got to see the same type of jump from the 22 class going into 23, yeah. right? And then we draft another nine guys potentially here in, in uh, the end of early May or late April. You talked about the free agent, build a team with free agents. It's pretty amazing how many guys came in last year that were good players. I don't mean just starters. You expect them to be starters. I mean, Zay and Christian and Brandon Sheriff, I mean, they, they were good. I mean, Foyer, I mean, good players. I mean, so, but now it's got to change. You can't, you can't go get 10 good players every year, right? right? So, I mean, so your mentality has to change. Well, it does, but those guys are here, yeah. right? You don't have to go get them. You don't have to replace them. They're here. They're part yeah. of the organization, just like the 22, 21, yeah. 22 draft classes. They're here now. So you got a good mix of of young guys on their first contract and you got a good mix of veteran guys on their second contracts and that's when you when you get really good is is getting a team that's built you know with a good young base you got a a good solid group of guys that are on their second contracts with with your organization as a general manager that has assessed staffs your all or staff assessed rosters all your career you see holes you see strengths where is this one week? Where you got? Where you got to get better? Well, Frank, I, I tend not to want to talk about that. You know, because, I get it. I get it. You know, but we've got work to do. Yeah, we do, and and uh, on both sides of the ball, yeah. and we're going to look to fortify that with the with the off season moves that we make, whether that's in signing our own guys back and mm-hmm. and keeping the depth there, and going into the draft with it. And a lot of what we're going to do in the draft is going to depend on what we do sure. in in this next you know several weeks to a month you know that'll that'll play a big part in what our draft plan is tell me about and i asked doug the same question how you thought trayvon walker and devin lloyd played looked like to me from the broadcast booth they matured as it went on they 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 learned the nfl way what did you think i i think that's a good assessment i think again year one is 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 a is a tough transition for for players yeah. uh at most positions there's very few positions where you come into the league and it, it just clicks uh whether you're a first round pick or the number one pick in the draft or the 300th pick in the draft there's a there's a maturation there's a learning curve that goes with that we saw that with the 21 class like i said with trevor and that group 
you know, you look at the group, that group and the jump they made from year one to year two, they expect nothing different from, from Trayvon's group. You know, and I think I think you're going to see that. They're, the thing you love about all these guys is they love football. You know, there's not a one of them that doesn't like to, to get out there and grind. And that's what it takes. And, the, you know, the big thing people ask about the, the maturation of the team, what clicked, what changed. You know, we were very fortunate to be in a position where the last six, seven games of the year were playoff caliber games. Yeah, that's right. They all mattered. And why do I say that? Because they learned how they have to prepare to, to win a football game in a national football. It doesn't start, and Doug did an outstanding job, as good a job as I've ever seen done, of getting a team to understand that the, the preparation phase starts on Monday to get ready for Sunday. It doesn't start Saturday or Sunday morning. It starts on Monday. And because we got into playoff mode after that Detroit game, every game mattered, it, it was playoff mode. And the urgency picked up, the, and the team, you saw the maturation of the team really come to fold through that process. So that, that was good to see. Trent Balky with us, Jags GM. You mentioned first year. Hey, look, it's been a tough go. Two years ago was a tough go for all of us, for all of us. You guys kind of kept your head down, just kept plotting, right? Um, do you look back? Does the GM take a victory lap, or is there too much to do ahead? No, there's no victory laps. I, I've been asked that about ten times today, and, and honestly – I've always felt like this. You know, you'd rather be a small part of something great than a big part of something average. Yeah. Right? So your only goal is to, you know, get as many like-minded people in a building, right? And it starts at the top from ownership on down through the head coach to general manager. Get everybody on the same page of what you're trying to build and then go build it, right? You, You have to have a vision to build it. You know, you just don't start putting pieces together and try to figure it out on the go. You have to have a vision. You have to have a plan. You have to collaborate to get to that plan. And I think Doug and I and and Shad do an excellent job of collaborating at that level. And then we do that the same thing with the personnel staff and the coaching staff. We're all on the same page. We know what we're looking for, not only from a skill set perspective, but also a culture perspective. And that's the only way you can do it. When you won the South, we all saw the video of Shad in the locker room. Man, he was emotional. It was cool. What what was it like for you to see him? Because it, it, it got me emotional a little bit. What was it like for you to see him like that? Well, it was it was awesome because he deserves it. I mean, he is a quality man, and he's a he's one of the best owners, if not the best owner in in, in all of sport. You know, he he gives you the resources you need, and if you can't win, it's not because he's not putting the resources into it. Uh, and it was good to just have you know see his the look on his face. And let's face it, you know, for me personally, as I look at what what he went through and to stand by me and, and keep me in the position I was in, how could I not feel anything but grateful for for, for that opportunity? I hear you. Well said. I uh, congratulations on the year. Um, now look, important stuff. Doug said y'all played golf one time. Does he give you shots? Does he? Because he's like, are you good? Like he's good? Like he's like a really good player. No, I'm awful. <laughs> so he's got to give you shots then, no, right? No, he, he don't. He, no, he doesn't give me any shots. <laughs> he doesn't give me any shots. But no, he's a he's a heck of a golfer. He's he a really. Good. Well, his whole family, they all golf. They all go. They're yeah. right. They're the golfing family. Yeah. Uh, Trent, congratulations on a great year. I mean that sincerely. It was for all of us, and and I applaud all of you guys for it. Thank you. Thank back, you. Back in a moment on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. 
We say hello to Taylor Dahl. Now, yeah, I was thinking this a minute ago, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm in your neck of the woods, but because it's Indian's not really that close to Chicago, so it's not really your neck of the woods, is it? Am, uh, am I close enough to say that? Well, yeah, it was about two hours away from where I lived for a very long time, and I actually have family in Indy, so there was okay, bits, of, then, bits of my life were there. All right, then it's your neck of the woods. Then, mm-hmm. that's what that, then that's what, how you doing? How's everything? I'm good. I'm a little upset that I was not invited to the journey adventure with uh, Frank and Hayes. Because it oh. sounded like a blast. Hey, weren't you? Hey, weren't you supposed to call Taylor? Yeah, that's my fault, God. Taylor. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Hey, it pisses, It'll never happen again. Taylor, it pisses me off when he messes that stuff. I've been told Come him on, specifically. Hayes. Unbelievable! Yeah. It's unbelievable. Can you Taylor, um, he think, forgot to call me too. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah. you We're imagine yeah, yeah. if we had had Taylor? Yeah. At that show? Yeah, well, well, oh, well, see, they'd rather have you <laughs> than me, Taylor. That's where this is heading. Taylor, let me just say this. You would, you would have seen a legendary performance by Hayes Carline for the ages. Just, <laughs> just trust me. And Journey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. No. Hayes. More importantly, yeah. Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 it would have been like so. Hey, anything I need to say to Ryan Poles while I'm here? He's right up. He's gonna be right. Oh, around. I have he's- so many things, Frank. I'll send you a list. I'll text you a list <laughs> <laughs> of the questions. I, you know, I have. you think she's kidding? She does have a list. She would have said so. All right. Well, very good. All right. What's coming up tonight on Helmets and Heels? What are y'all doing? Well, we have Coach Campo with us tonight, so that's gonna awesome. be fun. It's all always great to talk to coach uh lauren is going to also join us i know uh lauren and hayes have had a little second bit of- place on every show <laughs> dang it well i was about to say i feel a little bad because i know your day has already been hectic and i'm like i feel like i should just let her be like don't worry about it because it's just been a little crazy uh but uh, miranda also from the players championships joining us because now a week away we're going to really kind of dive into some of the all the best holes where to stand to see the best shots and where to get the best drinks and where to eat the best food. So we'll get into all of that stuff tonight, obviously. And then, I mean, it's just kind of all of the restructuring of the contracts and talking about what potentially to do in free agency and the draft. And I'm sure we'll get a little bit into the Bears because obviously I know a a lot of people here don't directly care what the Bears do, but it could potentially affect the Colts and the Texans. So it's, it's kind of relative. Sounds like a fun show coming up in just a bit. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. All right, that'll do it for our program. But remember, the next two days, live from uh, the NFL Scouting Combine tomorrow, the list is Matt Taylor, Bucky Brooks coming by tomorrow, um, Pete Prisco coming by tomorrow, and a host of others. We're looking forward to tomorrow's program. Uh, Live from the NFL Scouting Combine. We're out here. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. Don't go anywhere. Helmets and Heels is next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.